to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. And Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? Uh, look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Troy. That's right. I'm in the whole, she- whole seat because Adam is on assignment. Joining me this week, though, I'm not alone. Jason is here. Welcome, Jason. I'll tell you what, that assignment guy is pretty lucky, you know? I'm just saying. Horse cat! Yep. <laughs> What's going on, Troy? It's been, uh, what? Was I here last week? Yes, I was here last week. So it's been a week. Yeah. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> You know, um, obviously, like I said, I'm I'm working from home now, which is, has been really nice. Uh, so yesterday, I wound up uh, getting a nice new delivery of uh, the of a brand new desk for the office, and of wow. course, it was in sixty thousand pieces. So <laughs> I got to spend a, a good three hours today putting that together while I was working. Okay. Uh, but I I am sitting at my new desk. I got everything moved over. Uh, it is one where I can actually take the whole thing and lift it up. So it is a standing desk as well. Um, so, yeah. So, now, is that your uh, purchase or did it work by that for you? I bought that for myself. Okay. I, I did have a, a, an old desk that is actually sitting behind me that you can't see because I have a background on. <laughs> um, but I'll be, I'll be throwing that up in the attic soon enough. But I'm slowly kind of morphing this into it. So the last thing I need to do other than Shit, clean up. on Craigslist. Somebody these days with everyone working from home, somebody might snatch it up for you, give you a couple bucks for it. I know, right? Um, the last thing I have to do is I need to install a ceiling fan in here. Because the room that I'm in, the office, was part of... Uh, an addition to our house and I think yeah. the 50s or 60s or like that and when they built this little part here uh, they did not put any of the like AC <laughs> like return things or even like any fans blowing into it so there's like completely cut off yeah. um, so typically I only the only time I've been in here is when I'm doing the podcast but now since I'm stuck in here for nine hours every day it's like yeah i definitely need something <laughs> so yeah. so i'll be i'll be doing that this weekend hopefully and uh, just grab and a uh, stand, standalone ac you don't even have to put them in the windows anymore you just empty the pail oh my gosh that is true i, I have seen you. those because <laughs> ceiling fans only do so much when it gets really hot i don't know if it ever gets really hot in wisconsin but yeah um we usually get about two to three weeks of really super hot we just got mm-hmm. done with that um, today, today was like in the sixties cause that's how weather is here. Yeah. Uh, one day you're in the nineties, next day you're, you drop 30 degrees. Um, but, um, I do have the two windows that I can always use as well. And I've got plenty of other things, that, but yeah, like I said, the ceiling fan is sitting out in my hallway, just waiting to get installed. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully we'll get that soon. And then, but otherwise, um, yeah, it's been, just kind of a of a week of trying to get shit done. So okay. I, uh, yeah. Otherwise, it, yeah. Like I said, just been good. So, um, but you 
I heard had a little eventful week. So. I have, I have. It's been so. This has been the least relaxing vacation week I've ever had in my life. Um, starting with my son, I think I mentioned last week has been doing tryouts, trying to find his new team for AAU. Um, he did get an offer, and the offer came after a tryout with 52 kids for eight spots, and he was selected as one of the eight. Um, very nice, very good program, very happy, and uh, he went there. My wallet, not as happy, because as a one of the prestigious organizations, that comes with a price tag. So uh, basically, essentially, almost doubling what it cost for his program last year. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Uh, they break it down, so they sort of space it out, which is nice, which they didn't do for us last year. So in a sense, it's a little bit easier to swallow. And this place takes credit cards, which the other one didn't, so I can at least sort of put it on there and pay it off little by little. Um, but, yeah, I'm proud of him. He worked hard. And, he's, and the good news is uh, four of his friends were also taking the other spots, so he's going to go with, with some people that he knows, which is nice. Makes the transition a little easier. So, um, but he actually, the, the cool thing was, they were all sort of back and forth about where they were going to go because they all had offers from multiple places. And he actually came to me and said, "Listen, I, you know, it'd be cool to play with them, but regardless of what they what, what they do, I think this is the right choice for me." So, before anyone else agreed or decided to go, he sort of made his decision. I was very impressed with his maturity. So, shout out Jackson. Not, not very often I, I credit his maturity because he is thirteen, but. In this particular instance, I do have to give him credit. But then, the other part of my week, well, first off, so I don't know, how are you a lawn guy, a landscape guy at all? Do you take care of your lawn or do anything with it? Um, we do, like, gardens. and okay. uh, But in general, I'm, I'm not one of those guys that like does, like, cross-hatching or anything like that on the ground, on the grass. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm one of those guys because I work during the week. I do sports stuff with him during the week. And then on the weekends, we're away doing travel games, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm the guy who my lawn grows to four feet high before I find time to actually get out there and mow it. Okay. So as part of that over the last few years, I've had – you ever have those weeds that start out as weeds, but then you don't deal with them, and then they eventually turn into, like, fucking trees? Yep. So I've had, like, three of those, and I had to cut them all down this week because I was like, oh, I'm geez. fucking home. Now i got to fucking do something with it. So I actually had to take a saw and cut them. That's how fucking long <laughs> it took for them to – now, normally I'm a big fan of weed trees, but in this particular case, I was not so much. Um, <laughs> that said um, – my wife's, My wife's car, car uh, we uh, needed to we get her a new car. car. I think I, I think went I through the, the situation, situation in a previous episode, but uh, we said, so we were looking for a new car. So we finally, she called, she was looking for very specific stuff, and I love her to death, but she was uh, a little bit maybe too picky. Uh, she had like a couple brands she wanted, a couple models she wanted, but had to have very specific set of features, and so it was taking a little bit longer to find it. Um, so one of the ones she wanted was a towel from Volkswagen. So we go on the website of a place nearby. Uh, they had one that sort of had everything she wanted, sort of close enough to the price point that it was worth it. Um, so she called, and they said, oh, no, I'm sorry, that car is not here anymore. We just have, we haven't taken it off the website yet. Okay, cool. So the next day she looks, and it's still on the website. So she says, just for shits and giggles. So she calls back and asks and Oh, no, no, that's we don't have that car. We just haven't taken it off the website yet. Okay, cool. And then I said, just thought, it, and of course, every call ends with, but can you, do you want to come in and we can show you some other stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. 
of course, me being me, instantly my, my radar goes up, and I said, I wonder if this is happening because you're a woman. Mm-hmm. So I grab the phone, and I call, and I say, hey, I'd like to look at this car. Here's the stock number. Oh, yeah, we have that. What time did you want to come and look at? Interesting. So instantly my wife is fucking furious. Mm-hmm. What I said to her, I was like, listen, even if we don't buy this car, this is the one you think you might want. So since they have the appointment, let's go fucking take the test drive and then not buy it from them and fuck them. Yeah. So, okay, so we, we show up to do the test drive. And then the sales manager comes out and he says, oh, yeah, so we have it, but we bought it from auction without a title, so we can't sell it. Oh, like, so you know you can't sell it, but it's still on your website. So this is your bait-and-switch car. This is your, here's this really nice-priced car to get people in the door, to tell them we don't have it, and then try to sell them something more expensive. Um, so instantly, I'm like, no, nah, we're, we're good. And he's like, well, do you want me to just look and see if I can find anything in our stock? And I'm like, you know what, for shits and giggles, let's see what you come up with. Mm-hmm. So she wanted a black Volkswagen Tau uh, with a moonroof. He comes back and says, so I don't have anything in that price point for that. He said, but I have a white Jeep Cherokee. Because that's completely the same thing. Right, not even close. So we're like, no, we're good, thanks. So we're driving, and I'm like, you know what, there's that Honda dealership right up the street. Let's just stop there and see what they have, because she was interested in a CRV too. Sure. So we stop, and we're looking at the used vehicles, and we stumble across this uh, beautiful Nissan Murano. Um and she ended up taking it for a test drive, and she liked it. And we had to, so um, anyway, she went through the whole process. We did the negotiation back and forth. We got a we got a very good deal. We're very happy. She's actually picking it up tomorrow. Um, the funny part is, so Jackson actually had an, a, a practice. He was, he was set to go to baseball, and I had to leave her at the dealership as she was going in to sign the papers. So I was like, you sure you don't want me? So she's like, I can handle it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Just get him to practice. Said, okay. <clears throat> Um, so apparently while I was gone, her and the, the salesperson had a conversation, somehow stumbled onto the fact that I watch wrestling. So he was talking about how he – oh, he was talking about how he listens to podcasts now in the car. And she's like, oh, my husband does a podcast about wrestling. I said, oh, I love wrestling. What's the podcast? He starts oh boy. going through the thing. So apparently he was going to listen to the show or, or was interested. So if you're out there listening, Jared from Honda, shout out. Thanks for the uh, Thanks for the deal. Thanks for the car. Excited for it. And, and nice. hopefully you enjoy what you hear tonight. Um, but, yeah, so we'll pick it up tomorrow, and hopefully she'll remain very happy with it. It's nicer than mine. So I think that was really all she cared about, you know. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so it was what it was. And that's uh, that's I don't know what we do today. Today we yeah, he had his friend sleep over. He's having his friend sleep over right now. So if you hear me screaming up into the ceiling, that's probably why. Because they're probably they're acting like assholes. But uh, nice. we also had a love seat where the springs fully broke and fell to the floor underneath them. Jeez. Now Jackson, Jackson not being a of slight build, uh, tends to throw himself ass first into chairs and couches and whatnot. And probably over the long term, that did not do well for this love seat. So I was like, you know what? I've just spent a fuck ton of money this week. Let me see what I can do. So we have an old platform bed that we're not using anymore. So I was like, you know what? Let's fucking see if we can do this. So I took all the slats, cut them out, drilled holes, put them in. The, basically rebuilt it as a platform chair. Uh, and it seems to have worked. So saved myself some money and buying new furniture there. 
uh, at least for the time being. Eventually, I'll replace it. But um, funniest part was I got to because the slats didn't match size. Obviously, um, I had to cut them as I went to them, and I got through the whole fucking thing. And then I got to the last one, and I sliced the shit out of my finger. So uh, playing hurt tonight a little bit, but jeez. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it was going great right up until then. But yikes! And then uh, tomorrow, my nephew is leaving for Mass Maritime. He's going to go into these, looking to go into the Coast Guard. So uh, he's leaving for that. So we'll see him. We'll see him for a while. But we're going to do a little send-off party for him tomorrow. So nice. should be a good time. And then Saturday we start with basketball for AAU and town ball for baseball, both in the same day. And then Sunday we're having a uh, family, well, family, a team family, I guess, barbecue to celebrate the kids who hmm. won the AAU championship this year right before we disbanded the whole team and everybody's going to different places. <laughs> so sort of a thank you, love you, goodbye kind of situation, but it'd be cool. Sure. Right on. Well, cool. I have a, uh, a TMI uh, story to tell. Okay. <laughs> so. Does um, this involve your asshole in any way? Slightly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I love so, slight assholes. That's right. Um, <laughs> so Monday night, um, I was I, I wound up uh, making myself a, a quesadilla for dinner, and I have a feeling that uh, the chicken might not have been as fresh as I had anticipated it was. So I didn't think anything of it, and I was just kind of having a bad mental day. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go and, and have like half an edible. So I did. And, you know, get the kids off to, off to bed and and uh, just play it on, on the PlayStation until I, I no longer could figure out what I was supposed to be doing at that time. Um, so then I, I turn it off and I go to bed. And I wake up at 1230 in the morning. And my stomach is just hurting. And I'm like, I'm still fucked up, mind you. And I'm like, this is going to (laughs) suck. So I go to the bathroom, finish up, go back again, go back again. So by the fourth time, (laughs) I'm sitting there. Yeah, it was not good. And it sucks even more when you're fucking stoned and you're dealing with that. Um, So I'm sitting there. And like my head, uh, right next to my toilet is the wall of our shower. So you can kind of rest your head on that if you're not 100% with it. And I'm just kind of sitting there and I'm like, I was like, oh, I just want this to be done. And I lifted my head up a little bit and projectile vomited all over myself. Just out of the blue. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. It's 1.30 in the morning. I've got puke all over my dick. And I'm just like, this is the worst possible thing that could be happening right now to me. <laughs> so I like took a shower, got all fucking clean up and stuff like that. And by that time, I wound up not being high anymore. But I was, I was to the point where I was like, that was, I have not puked in years, you know? And it just was. There was no warning, or there probably was a warning, and it just was too high to run to realize it was coming. But I was like, I was just like, that sucked so fucking much. So the next day, obviously, I was, you know, uh, not, yeah, I was not doing good for most of the day, but um, better now, thankfully. 
<laughs> but yeah, I was just like, so I'm, uh, I'm, I don't think I'll be doing that again. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how tomorrow goes though, because we're we're gonna hit up some Taco Bell, and it's a Friday night, so that's normally the night that we we get toasted and and watch a movie or something like that. So hopefully, I don't have a repeat of that. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be really bad. <laughs> So yeah, but hey, we got uh, we got some wrestling to talk about. Speaking of things that make you want to puke. Yeah, exactly. All uh, right, we so can... we got a lot to choose from, Troy. Where do you want to start, bud? Well, so let's start off uh, with some with some uh, interesting news. Um, so earlier this week, there was an Instagram post from a one Lacey Evans. And, uh, of course, it was her ass hanging out of, of booty shorts. Which I'll never object to. No, of course not. And it, uh, the, the post itself, and she's wearing a Lacey Evans jacket, and the post itself says, uh, at the stroke of 12, you will refer to me as Macy, Macy Estrella. And, by the way, the jacket's for sale. So, of course, everyone was just like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> so, uh, it has since been unofficially officially confirmed because she was moved to the alumni section um but see and that and that was a thing but it very much seems like this was a different kind of situation you had you had mandy rose chiming in on it too which she typically only does when she's like you're getting out of that evil fed prison too uh but (laughs) so it, it sounded like Lacey evans deal was done and of course, everything is going to be speculation because we don't know. It was either a case of her saying, I'm not going to renew, or the WWE saying they didn't want to renew. Um, but either way, Lacey Evans is now a free agent. Um, or Macy See, Estrella. Unlike, unlike other promotions that will come out and say her wrestling wasn't good enough, WWE will never say we opted no. not to resign her. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I saw a lot of people who just last week would have sat there and said that she's the worst wrestler ever talking about wanting to get her in AEW, mm-hmm. um, talking about how, uh, she should have stuck with the, the Southern bell gimmick or gone back to it, even though those are the same people that would have said it was lazy of her to go back to her original gimmick. Um, but of course now that they go, go how do you drop the ball on Lacey Evans? Like they didn't, she just never connected with the fans, yeah. uh, which happens, you know? Um, People would sit there and be like, oh, her promos were there. No, they weren't. The promos weren't good. Her wrestling was just okay. The best so, thing... Go, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, the best thing about her was that time that the camera went up her asshole. That was that was the most memorable thing. Um, so, the funny thing is, there have been moments and bits and pieces where she was really good. Um, when she did the thing where she had, like, the thong up her ass and the uh, cargo pants and shit. Mm-hmm visually great yeah um at that point it felt like her matches dropped off a little bit from where they had been previously um first thing for me a punch is not a finisher that's going to get you over right i i never it's just never going to work there are too many punches in the course of a wrestling match for anyone to buy that your punch is so special that it's a pin it's a pinning situation right um Logan Paul gets away with it because they've told the story of the titanium hand kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but short of that, there's not really a way that a punch is effective as a finisher. So right off yeah. the bat, 
you're fighting the fact that you're trying to beat people with a move that just doesn't look like it does what it needs to do. Right. Um, when the big show started doing the knockout punch, that was about the time where you're just like, I don't care about you anymore. But even then, the dude's like 700 pounds and 8 feet yeah. tall, and at least you can buy that he could throw a punch. To the, like, she's, granted, she's in fantastic shape, but yeah. she's not like Jordan Grace. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, but that said, I hated the Southern Belle character just because it was so fucking disingenuous and fake and just yeah. too over the top for me. Um, there was also that time that she cost WWE a Cardi B appearance, but oh my that. gosh, yeah, <laughs> let's not forget that. Yeah, there's that too. Um, I I liked the direction they were going in when they were trying to tell her story of growing up and the struggles and the military and the blah 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 and then they overdid it mm-hmm. and they did it every week for like four months you do that story like three weeks and then you put her on TV and she's over like we're over yeah. unfortunately you got to the point where it's like what the fuck like I'm sick of seeing this bitch on TV like a wrestler don't and yeah. that's, the, that's the risk you run when you make this the, these promos drag out so long, and, and they do that a lot. It's one of the shortcomings they do have. Is sometimes they tend to do those things. Uh, Veer Mahan, great example. How long yeah. was Veer coming? Yeah, it became a meme. That was yes. about it. Yeah. Right, and then he and then he finally debuted, and it was he was already a joke. He was laughing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like Macy uh, Lacey sort of suffered a little bit of the same thing. Um, was there potential there? Absolutely. Uh, her getting pregnant, you know, obviously you won't trade your children for anything in the world, but it certainly came at the worst possible time career-wise for her as she was, by all regards, set to head to, I think it was WrestleMania, to take the title off of Charlotte Flair at the time. So uh, just circumstance sometimes plays into it, too. Um, but when they tried to make her a face, and she tried to cut face promos, she had been such a shitty heel for so long, it just... She never connected, and, and it was always felt disingenuous. You always felt like you were waiting for the fucking the heel turn in every promo she cut, even though it never it wasn't intended to be. Uh, so I think that that sort of hurt her too. But uh, is there talent there? Yes, there's certainly some talent there. She uh, she does that double jump moonsault that uh, Tiffy does. She does it as well and does a really nice job with it. She she can work. She can talk. She just was never able to put it together with a character that connected, like you said, with the audience. I think that was the downfall. But there is absolutely potential there. And if Tony wants to sign her and Tony wants to give her an opportunity at their performance center to develop and hone her skills and become you know, the talent we all maybe think she could be, then, you know, great. Good on him. Yeah, exactly. I I think NWA is probably the, the better place for her just because then she'll be around like-minded individuals. Um, <laughs> or she could go to Impact where they'll immediately put the title on her so. yeah exactly I mean Impact is definitely a place that, that loves it some former WWE uh, women um, and uh, yeah uh, the whole thing with her potentially going to AEW it's like yeah Tony doesn't give a fuck about women's wrestling so I don't see and she's not in that click with Soraya and Tony Storm and things like that so I don't see there really being uh, no, there are a no push to the women's locker room, Troy. No, of course not. Sorry. Everyone went on Twitter and told us that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which again, I'm still still kind of surprised that 
uh, Mandy Sachs hasn't shown up there because, by all accounts, she's pretty clear. She's pretty clicky with those guys, you know. Here's, so. here's a question for you: Do you think that Lacey Evans' WWE status was hurt by the return of Chelsea Green? Because they kind of have similar characters. Like the Southern Belle character is sort of similar to the Chelsea Green character. Like you're, none of you are as good as me. Blah blah blah. And Chelsea just does it better and is more believable in that role. You know, potentially. Um, I think also Vince stepping down because clearly Vince was a, a Lacey Evans guy, um, and Triple H didn't seem to really have that same thing. Um, well, you so, say that, but she was in NXT with Triple H. Right. Yeah. He never pushed her down there, really. No, no, he didn't. No, and and sure, you can look at it as well. You know, he he brought her in and he trained her in that bot. You know, did he see her as a big deal? Probably not. You know, so I I could see that the the thing with Chelsea is somehow, uh, and and this is what I was saying with Lacey. Somehow Chelsea has connected with those fans, like. People watch her and they're entertained by her and they, they want to see her. And even though she's a heel, they're like, she's fucking funny. I want to see her on, on my TV kind of thing and that. Right. And with Lacey, you just get a lot of like, oh, great, Lacey Evans is here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, the, the Trump loving thing didn't help any. The, uh, I'm going to cure autism by not giving my kids vaccines didn't help anything, at least in, in terms of the IWC's eyes. Um, obviously, your average WWE fan doesn't know that shit. They don't right. pay attention to that shit. But for sure, that didn't help her standing with anything she was going to try to do with all of that shit. So, if she goes to AEW, we'll forget any of that ever happened. Oh, all will be forgiven. I mean, fucking Bobby Fish worked there for a little bit. <laughs> and he's a piece of shit. So, I'm, Marty Scroll is working there. He just hasn't been on TV. Wait till all in? Yeah, probably. Just wait because the ultimate, the ultimate thing that we're going to see in terms of, of really outing people as the hypocrites that they are is when Goldberg shows up. Uh-huh. And once Goldberg shows up, you're going to see all these AEW stands that have spent years shitting on this dude. They're going to be like, "Oh, he's fucking great." It's the same thing with, and and you know maybe we'll get to it with the Edge thing. It's the same thing where all of these stands are sitting there and go, "Oh, Christian was always the better one." Well, they're going to be fucking changing their tune if all of a sudden Sexton Hardcastle shows up and right. and gets together with with Christian. Which, as I said, if if he goes to AEW, I'll be sad yeah. because it'll just be. Uh, it just well, shouldn't be where his final chapter is. Right? Exactly. I feel the That's same way about thinking. Christian. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Christian should come back for at least that last match in WWE. Yeah. And even if it's a case, and I don't know how long his deal is or about that, but it seems like he's the type of guy who could sit there and, and potentially work something out to be like, hey, can yeah, I yeah. be on just you know, WB TV for one time? Now, that said, if they're both going to do the last match, does it make some sense to do Edge and Christian versus the Hardys for that last match? Well, and maybe sure. that's why the AEW draw exists. Sure, sure. It, it, that would make sense to do. Um, the problem is, is that it will not be what people expect it to be yeah. oh, great. Be- because only two of those guys actually can still go well one <laughs> of them I mean, can do a texas chainsaw death match oh yeah we'll get to that uh with fake blood uh yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just we'll see but 
the other uh, former WWE women uh, women's news that we have is there was a court date for one Tammy Sitch, formerly known as Sunny. So she pled no contest to. You watched her porno, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She looks. People could still listen to that on our website, right? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's there. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, so Sunny had a a blood alcohol content of 0.28, which is three and a half times the legal limit, and she killed a dude. So she's facing because he watched her porno. Probably. I, I feel like when I watched that, I was expecting to get a phone call saying seven days, but thankfully didn't get that. Um, but yeah, so uh, Sunny wound up killing the dude, and she pleaded, pled no contest, which means that, of course, it's going to be going to um, sentencing, uh, which will, I believe, take place in November, is what I saw. But well, she will sent- probably go to federal fuck me in the ass prison. Yes, and she could potentially go into federal fuck-me-up-in-the-ass prison for 25 years. Now, given she's already 50, and she's had what one could consider a hard life, I don't see her lasting 10 years, (laughs) even inside or outside of prison. So. Oh, I cannot wait until you get until you lose another bet, and I can make you watch Tammy Sitch railed in jail. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's probably the next thing that's coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I want to see this bitch fry. I want I want her gone because uh, she's another one of those those people that were repeat drunk drivers, and we we say it all the time. Whenever you've got people, you know, like the Usos. Or like Jeff Hardy, we keep going, how soon before you kill somebody? And right. she actually did. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing where you look at it and you go, there needs to be a bigger tolerance on it. And trust me, I live in Wisconsin, a place where you can collect DUIs like Pokemon cards. All right? Like, it's not it's not viewed as it should be here. It's well, that's because they spend all their time setting up Stephen Avery. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm one like I said. I mean, I've been I've been sober for a year, but I never ever drank and drive. I, I never did that. Even even when I was you know drinking, you know uh, a lot more heavily, never got in a fucking car. And most of that is because of you know growing up in a family that had its own issues like that. Um, but I'm much happier to just be done with it and not doing it. Which I will, I guess, technically be a designated driver this weekend because we have a Irish Fest in Milwaukee coming up this Saturday. And uh, despite the fact that nobody in my in my little crew of people is Irish, uh, one of them is a, a black man, one of them is an Asian woman, and one of them is a Greek man, uh, <laughs> we, we go there anyways because it's fun. I've met uh, black Irish guys before. He uh, he does have a, a typical Irish last name, but he's not even one tenth of, of Irish. But anyways, I digress. Like Taz, um, no, it's uh, I've already told my buddy. I'm like, you can fucking drink all you want, man. Like, 
I, I wasn't going to drink anyways. I'm like, but since I'm driving your ass, like, go fucking hog wild, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, uh, fuck Tammy's itch. <laughs> well, a lot of people have. Sadly, yeah. Yeah, but you know. She did and you've watched it. I have. I have. I have not watched all of them because I think there's more than one, right? How many times did you jerk off? I. So I, I watched it. Well, the only time I ever watched it was watching it for the uh, for the podcast. So I, there really was only the one break that I had to take. Um, so only once. Okay. <laughs> it's it's not a it's not a repeat viewer. And again, it's not that I was like heavily turned on. It's just I'm watching a penis go in a vagina. I'm like, eh, sure. <laughs> okay. You know, I don't care what's attached to it half the time. Um, <laughs> But no, like uh, like I said, it's it's not it's not something I've repeat viewed, you know. <laughs> well, there's so much China porn out there too. So. And uh, also not something that I did. And so the funny thing with the with the China stuff, never jerked off to China. It's just not just not my cup of tea. Um, I fully respect people like her jordan grace or or any of the bodybuilders that do that kind of thing to their body just not aesthetically um appeasing to my penis so you and jbl differ there yeah exactly and that's cool i guess i'm not gonna yuck anybody's yum i i fully understand why people like it i do like fit women you know where they have like a little muscle definition on them or whatever like that i'm just not a big fan of like the you clearly have more testosterone levels than i do <laughs> that kind of thing not big on that but yeah um so i that's really all the news that i have unless you had anything else that you wanted to, no, to no, get to before we get to the shows um so i guess we can start by talking about smacking last week all right. All right. Did you have a certain place that you want to start, or do you want me to just kind of run run down the card, or what? How you want? To uh, do I don't think we need to run down the whole card. Let's just hit the hot spots. Um, okay. We started off hot. I thought with Oscar and Charlotte Flair. I thought the match was actually pretty good. I was actually enjoying it, um, minus the wardrobe malfunctions from SummerSlams, uh, which you know, unfortunate. Uh, but then, of course, because it is WWE, it's a no contest when EO Sky and Damage Control come in uh, because reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now they're, they're well, so what's the gimmick now that uh, Damage Control is going to just ruin everything in the women's division because they have the championship? I guess so. At, at least this one, because of the fact that it was a double drop kick, you're like, okay, so. She didn't. It's not a disqualification because she didn't hit one of them before the other one. She hit them both at the same time. You could maybe do a double DQ, but no contest is sure. Whatever. It has been two weeks um, since Bianca Belair got a title shot. Troy, she's getting disrespected. Yes, she is. Forever. You do do not understand the hoops that that woman has to jump through in order to get a title shot. The worst promo ever. Well, not ever. Yeah, Lucha thing still exists. But. That's true. Oh my gosh! But yeah, you're just you're just like Bianca. You held the title for 400 days. Yeah. That's not you, like because you didn't get a title shot in six weeks after you lost it. That's not you having to jump through hoops to get into the title shot. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. That was awful. <sighs> so. Uh, AJ Styles and Karrion Cross had what was can only be generously described as a sloppy match. 
it was a match. It was definitely a thing that happened. And unfortunately, that won't do anything to calm the people who are shitting on Karrion Cross regularly. Um, again, same people who would be, please sign with AEW if he uh, decided not to or was released by WWE. But um, again, I, I like the way they're presenting Cross now. Um, this just didn't. This match just didn't click. But really, the whole feud with AJ hasn't clicked. But I just I. I don't think it's been set as a priority either for the viewers. They haven't been told that this is important, you know? I don't think that we've been told that AJ is important. This is true, too. Like, how? when was the last time that he really was somebody that when he showed up, you were like, okay, now things are getting serious. Like, he was he's a former world champion, and he's in this nothing feud against a guy that was already a hard sell to begin with with me. When because I only seen seen him for a little bit in Impact, and then watching him in NXT, I was like, okay, like your presentation is there. They're, they they don't really miss too much on presentation, but your promos and your wrestling is not up to snuff with what a lot of the guys. So then of course you had Adam Cole just eviscerating his career, uh, <laughs> and I don't think he's ever really recovered from that. At least now with the hair, he he's he at least looks visually different enough than just generic bald guy. Um, and also, having, I feel like Scarlet is part, one of the best parts of his act, and they've sort of really minimized her in general. Yeah, she got uh, um, she almost got an upskirt on this episode. <laughs> she got thrown across the, the way by Mishin. But, uh, yeah. Um, I feel like when, when he first debuted in NXT... When they started to do the TikTok stuff, they started to do Scarlet just leaving the the hourglass on the side of the ring and stuff like that. I thought that was all really good. I thought that, yep. and it was spoopy, but not spoopy. You know, it was more right. just it was a lot more mind games. Now, right. like we're missing so much of that with him, where yeah. it's like he just kind of comes out there and you're like, okay, great, here's Karen Cross again. So I don't know, I. I don't know if they stopped doing that because Bray kind of does that kind of shit or mm. or what, but yeah, to me, yeah, something needs to be done there. And like I said, the the good cunts are just feel so like such a waste of a signing to bring them back in because they haven't done anything, AJ hasn't done anything, and you know, I'm I as much as I'm glad that Mia Yim is with them, Again, that whole crew, like, these these were the guys that, when they were doing the beat-up John Cena thing and stuff like that, like, they were so fucking hot, you yeah. know, and and it was like, every time they came out, you enjoyed what you watched, and now you're just like, you're just another, like, mid-card team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think their tag team act just never really got over as an act yeah. itself. It was always, with AJ, they were over, but short of that, it didn't really just, I don't know. Maybe they should bring back Sour Boy. <sighs> God. Jesus Christ. I <laughs> I feel like they, and you know they want to. You know that those guys are like, we should do some fucking dick and ball jokes and stuff like that. And then you can just, I just feel like you could see Triple H in the back being like, I already told you no. We're not doing that again. <laughs> like, stop it. <laughs> you can do that shit on fucking... That's such good shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they're another one of those guys who I think they suffer. They, they, their gimmick suffers because Vince isn't there anymore because Vince would be like, pull your dick out. 
Oh, God. Um, so, anyway, moving on quickly from that. Uh, you mentioned Edge earlier. Mm-hmm. This is reportedly going this uh, tomorrow night is going to be his last night, Friday night. Uh, it's going to be the last match with WWE on his current contract. Uh, so they set up the match last week, and it's against somebody that he's never faced before in WWE in a singles match. Uh, it is Sheamus. Yeah. How do you feel about this? the opponents we've seen in this last run for Edge? I mean, it's been AJ Styles. It's been Finn Balor. Um, and now we're ending with Sheamus. It was, I feel like there was a lot of stuff we could have done that we left on the table with this. I feel like there was a lot of storytelling that wasn't done that needed yeah. to be done. Yeah. I feel like the matches have been good. Uh, Edge and Finn Balor continue to put on really good matches. Edge and AJ was a good match. Um, I'm sure that this match will be good, Edge versus Sheamus. I don't think that this is a retirement match for Edge. I don't see that. I think him saying that this is the last match on my deal is more, I'm more lean towards him fucking with people and him like already having signed a new deal or whatever like that. And I almost feel like he's gonna, he's gonna beat Seamus and then somebody's going to come out and set up a feud with him. I almost feel like that's what we're doing there. Uh, could be wrong, obviously. Um, and it, it could legitimate be that he just hasn't signed a deal and he wants to take a little more time off of that. I just feel like this last run has been so intermittent that it's hurt any kind of storytelling he could do. Right. Because he just, he wasn't around consistently, you know? And so you would sit there and, and he would start doing something with Finn. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, well, now he's gone for a couple of weeks. Well, now he's back. And now he's gone for another couple of weeks. Like, that was my issue with it was like, if he was around every week, like we had hoped for, we're, we're talking something different, but there, there are a lot of people that I would have rather seen him work with. I don't want to see him work with Austin Theory, but <laughs> I do think that there are a lot of guys that he could have really good matches with that are, are nice and young and he could put over big. Um, just looking at the brawling brutes, like Ridge Holland or a uh, bitch would be much better people to have like as, as his like going away party. Than I feel like a guy who came back from serious neck issues probably doesn't want to work with Ridge Holland. Probably gonna... not, but Bro. Butch, but Butch is definitely the type that I think would have a really good fucking match with Edge. <laughs> and I think that that would help elevate his game a little bit, too. Um, but, you know, like I said, we'll see on that. Like, I, I don't think this is the last year's of Edge, but he is 50, you know? And he is somebody that he got his second chance um, to come back, and now he gets to go away on, on his own terms. I, I, and I get that it's in his hometown, mm-hmm. but at the same time... It feels sort of weird to know that potentially his last night is just a random episode of SmackDown and not, yeah. you know, a PLE or a WrestleMania or something like that. It just seems like a less than grand exit for somebody in the status of Edge. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I also feel like for Edge, and I know he is older, but he's sort of the king of ladder matches and things like that. So. I almost feel like that is the route that you should go for his last match is put him in a ladder match, you know, put him in a TLC match, the match that he fucking invented, you know, put him in something like that than just a standard ass wrestling match against Sheamus, who's also 
what close to 40 right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i yeah i don't know like edge versus la knight i think would be a lot of yeah. fun <laughs> you know that's the kind of thing that i'd be looking for is who can he put over because i think he he did a lot of good for finn um but other than that it's been a lot of you know i'd say he did good for grayson waller yeah, that's true. Yeah, his interactions with him definitely helped a lot too. Um, but yeah, it's it's like well, AJ didn't need him, and him and Orton, I understand, was the logical route to do because they do have that that history. But that went on too long, and that was again went to the point where it's just like, well, that was what Edge got hurt too. So. Yeah, yeah, but you're sitting there like we have. We have very limited time with this guy. <laughs> can we? Can so we please move on to something else? So we talk all the time, I have all the time since WrestleMania, about how I thought they missed the boat putting the belt on Cody at WrestleMania and uh, banking on the notion that you're going to have Cody as hot as you will come next year. And I think this is a great example. Edge returned at the Royal Rumble. Everybody was like, holy fuck, I could blah, blah, blah. He didn't yeah. win the Rumble. He comes back the next year, he wins the Rumble, and, he's, and everybody's like, I don't really want to watch him face Roman now. It's so like, right. yeah, there's other stuff I'd rather see now. That's, that's the problem the with this whole wait a year and do it next year thing. And yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great example because if they had put the win on Edge, his first Rumble back, it would have been an amazing story going into Mania. And yeah. then they waited and they had to bring in Daniel Bryan to make the match hot. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of hot, who hotter than Top Dollar? <laughs> God. I'm sorry. Who hotter than that fat piece of shit Top Dollar? Do you think do you think Michael Cole gets an erection every time Top Dollar comes out? Probably. He's like, oh, he's I got to get the fucking rip. He's up. like, yep, I got some bangers this time. <laughs> okay, so there's nothing that really needs to be said about this match except LA Knight is super fucking over. But all the shit that LA, Top Dollar gets, that might have been the best sell of the BFT that I've seen yeah. since LA Knight's debut in WWE. Oh my gosh, yeah. And for a guy like Top Dollar, who's not the most agile and not the most slim, he did a great job. Like, that looked like it hurt him. (laughs) So, there's another... uh, Hit Row has been back for a year and have done fuck all. Yeah. They're just waiting until Swerve can get out of his AEW deal. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. And I know that Top Dollar's got a bunch of heat on him and stuff like that because it's, it's him. But but also, like, Top Dollar was a legit starter in the NFL for yeah, years. Yeah. So it's not like he, he 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 wasn't like a fucking household name or anything like that, but I knew AJ Francis, you know? Yeah. 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 So um, we got uh, uh, the Hurt Profits are around again. Street uh, business. Street business, sorry. Street business. I'm. I love street I love business. Street I don't. That's what they go with, honestly. It is a nice name. Um, this was just kind of your boilerplate sort yeah. of yeah. introduction to it, but I am excited for the future on this. I do know you think you, we, they end here, or do you think they add more to this group? I think Bianca eventually yeah, comes into the group. Okay. And I think that that gives you a better possibility of. Going against like uh, the OC because then you're matched up with numbers um, or you know different groups like that 
Whereas where you have it right now with just three guys, I'm sure there are plenty of trios and stuff like that. But I think that having Bianca in there with them, I think would set that apart from what the Hurt Business was originally. You know, obviously, obviously there's still a chance that you might get Omos and MVP joining up with them because they're just sort of there. Um, but yeah. you know. Well, that was all to lead us to our main event, which was set to be Santos Escobar challenging Austin Theory for the title match that was originally rumored for SummerSlam, got pushed back to SummerSlam to uh, regular SmackDown TV. More on that in just a little bit. Uh, but earlier in the show, Austin Theory takes out Santos, and as it comes to pass, Rey Mysterio gets the match against Austin Theory and wins the United States Championship. Um so a couple so things here. First off, do we think that Ray was supposed to win this all along and actually legitimately got – they legitimately stopped that match with Santos and that's why they did it this way? Potentially. Um, if if it was a fact of Santos being hurt and, and they had to swerve it, that's also a, a very good way to keep him strong and, and – you know, and not put the title on him when he can't work a match. But I don't know. To me, uh, I I still go with this is how we break up the LWO because Ray took what Santos wanted, and that's a good way to have Santos turn on him and, and start a thing there. And then obviously then you could have Santos take the title off of Ray. I think there's a lot of big things coming for Santos, so it it does seem like Ray is going to be a transitional champion with this. Um, but at this point in his career, that's fine. You know, it, right, so it's, a, go ahead. So it's funny that you say that because my take on this is a little bit different. I feel like this match particularly showcased that WWE has a Rey Mysterio problem. Okay. And what I mean by that is for years and years, we've heard that WWE wants to find the next Rey Mysterio, the next big Latin superstar that they can push and we, we at times thought it was going to be Sin Cara when they brought him in. Mm-hmm. It was toxic. They wanted to do that with Kalisto, Alberto Del Rio. Um, but the problem is, and the latest one we heard is that they want to do that with Santos Escobar. And Santos has everything going for him. He's got the look. He's got the promo. He's got the in-rings. He's got it all. But the problem is that WWE always tries to make the next Rey Mysterio Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Because it's like they instantly panic and like, oh, maybe this guy isn't going to get as old. Let's go back to Rey. Give it to Rey. Yeah. They have to do. They have to pull the trigger on another guy and see what they've got. And they just won't seem to do that. They just keep running back to Rey Mysterio. Right. And that is what prevents them from developing that next Latin superstar. Right. And I think the Santos one could prove to be a big miss if they don't play this right. Santos is so good, and I I've liked him from the second he stepped foot in NXT. So I definitely want them to push him. And I feel like if you if you didn't learn from fucking up Angel Garza, who's another guy who had everything going for him, had the charisma and everything like that, if you didn't learn from that. Like, you, it's never going to fucking happen because, like, that was your guy. Angel was the guy that you could have pushed as your new Latin superstar. I understand, like, Del Rio, you tried, 
he wound up being a complete piece of shit. Totally yeah. understand that. Kalisto, you tried. He wound up not being able to put two two sentences together. I understand. Move on from that. Yeah. You know, Sinkar was a bit of a bitch. I, I get all those things happening, but you got to the point now where you tried it with Humberto, and it worked for a little bit. And then Vans were just like, "Eh, whatever." <laughs> and then, like I said, with Angel, you had it again, where you're like, "Here's a guy who could potentially do something," and then you just sort of squandered that. So now you've got Santos. And Legato was tailor made for the for this, and putting them into LWO like that has felt like such a step back for the, for a team that should be standing on its own feet. I'd love to I'd see, love to see uh, the Cruz del Toro and fucking Joaquin Wild get some tag team matches together because exactly the only time yeah, we ever see bad. them is in backstage stuff with the other two, and in reality, they should be. You know, doing stuff with Imperium, doing stuff with mm-hmm. Street Profits. They should be involved in this tag team division. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I I think it's time that they, they pushed about it. Hopefully, I think we've talked about it in the, in the host thread. I think the move here, of course, is to have Santos turn on Ray and go heel. But I also feel like the turn on Ray and go heel storyline has been so overdone. Yeah. I do wonder if that hurts him. Uh, interesting side note, I do wonder, we haven't heard from him in a while, I do wonder what uh, former Rundown co-host John Venrick now thinks of the new Dirty Dom character, because he was such a Dominic Mysterio hater. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious how, if he's still watching, how he feels about uh, the new Dirty Dom. Um, anyway, that brought us to the reason everybody came to SmackDown, the, the Chronicles of the Bloodline, Jimmy Uso, why Jimmy Why? Um now, first off, thank you to myself. I will take a victory lap because I sat here and argued with Sal last week. As he's oh, you're stupid to have Jimmy go right back to the blood. He's not going back to the bloodline. He didn't do it for Roman. And proven right again, he did not do it for Roman. He did it for Jimmy. As I, he did it for Jay, as I said. Yep. Pretty much the exact reasons I outlined on this show that he would do it because he wanted to keep the team together, the brothers, the Usos. He wanted to protect that legacy as a tag team and not have uh, Jay go off and be a solo star. Uh, I do love Roman. Roman being the shitty fucking – like, what, do you want a car? I'll get you a car. Like, oh, my gosh. So Roman, again, has really developed into like an all-around – actor even when he's not the focus because there was a point in this where he's just in the background and jimmy and jay are doing a thing and jimmy goes i didn't want to see you turn into an asshole like roman and you just see him in the back go what (laughs) (laughs) it was just fucking perfect on his or you're just like i don't know why you called me an asshole that was weird (laughs) so yeah, and, and then obviously him just being like, oh, I told you so. I told you you'd come crawling right back to me, man. Like, he's such a prick. <laughs> yeah, but in the best way possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and of course, this ends in, in a very bizarre fashion. So Jimmy, Jay basically turns his back on Jimmy. Jimmy walks away. Jay cleans house of Roman and Solo, calls Jimmy back to the ring, and then kicks the fucking face off of Jimmy as he's coming down the article, and then says he quits, deuces, and leaves, which, of course, immediately prompted the Jonathan Fatu is all elite yeah. memes. But, because um, people, because the people that claim that they never get worked 
always get fucking worked by this shit. And they're always the, the first ones to jump on and like, oh, he he's legitimately quitting. Like, no, he's fucking not. Right. <laughs> like, no, he's not legitimately quitting. I know that they they moved him to the alumni section, but that storyline Right. That's that's not a Lacey Evans kind of deal. This is it's clearly him. I don't know where they're going with it, but I'm intrigued, which is what they've been able to do with the storyline the entire time. I am I am curious to see what this means for him. For I I'm out out this bitch kind of thing. Um, if they did happen to have it where he like fucking randomly shows up at Impact one time just to fuck with people, I think that'd be funny. <laughs> But yeah, there, he's she is still under contract. Everything is fine. Yeah. Relax, people. I uh, I said last week on the show that I felt like SummerSlam might have been the jump the shark moment for the Bloodline story. This did nothing to change my opinion. This felt I literally laid out for you what was going to happen for the most part last week on the show. It's become a little bit predictable. Um, the sh- it's almost like shocking, try- attempting the shocking turns for the sake of shocking turns. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I wasn't as into this. I'm not into Uso versus Uso. I think we had a discussion on the host thread. There, there have been two, I think, two examples we could come up with of good brother versus brother matches. I really have no interest in watching the Usos face off against each other. I just, to me, this is a waste, and this is just another. Occasion where Roman's going to disappear for months and months and months, and we're not going to see the champion on TV. And I just, I'm sort of over it, like at this point. And I loved the Bloodline storyline. I, I was one of those people telling you this is fucking beautiful cinema, the way they tell this story. I think they miss. I, I still, to this day, you will never convince me otherwise. They missed the boat not making the change at WrestleMania. Yeah. Nothing that has happened with the Bloodline since WrestleMania required the championship to be involved. Fair enough. I also think that uh, it's kind of a bummer that Solo looked like he was taking more of a front seat on this, and now he's kind of pushed again to the back burner because the storyline doesn't really involve him right now. And that's the other part of this is that Roman goes away, Solo goes away. Yeah. So a guy who desperately needs to be regularly featured to build up that credibility with the audience just sort of disappears. Mm-hmm. And that's not good for anybody in that spot. So, I mean, we'll see. I've said time and time again, every time I think I'm done with this angle, they find something interesting to yeah. pull me back in, but they did not deliver for me, at least in that regard on, on SmackDown last week, but we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, so timeline wise, if we're going by timeline, we skipped over last week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Uh, uh, yeah, we did. I don't really remember what happened last week, to be honest nobody with you. Because we, we're recording this on Thursday, so let, this week's episode just happened, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But sequentially, if we're talking about shows, the next one in the line would be everybody's favorite Saturday night fight, AEW Collision. Um, <laughs> so much so much happened here on this episode that... I don't need. I don't want to discuss uh, the acclaimed. This is this is kind of a bummer because we don't have Sal here to try to defend CM Punk to you. Uh, well, I think he's given up on that. He has. He definitely has given up on it. Um, and we'll talk about the news with Punk in a minute. But uh, the acclaimed beat the Iron Savages. Iron Savages, apparently former Bear Country. I didn't even know they changed their name because they're on Ring of Honor. And who has time to watch that shit? 
So they they not only changed their name, they also both lost Bear off of their name. So they're just yeah. Boulder and Bronson now. Yeah. Which yeah. Bronson is fine, but Boulder as a wrestler, that's that's your wrestling name is Boulder. Uh, that's not great. Um, and yeah, the uh, yet again proving that Booker of the Year is the best. Does that mean if Solo did a Samoan drop to him, it would be an over-the-boulder shoulder holder? Yes. Okay, just checking. Yes. Um, Tony is so good at taking hot axe and just dosing water all over them, (laughs) because the acclaimed, who were for the longest time the only shining point to me of AEW, have just become just guys that are there. Like they sometimes say funny things, but uh, I'm not I'm not tuning in to be like, what is he going to say next? What are they going to do? Like, they just have lost so much steam because they're just they're completely forgotten in the tag team title picture. Because I I continually forget who the fucking tag team champions even are. Um, I know it's FTR. Shut up. Uh, but <laughs> again, it's like I just, I hate it that everybody. That isn't named John Moxley. It just is immediately forgotten about as soon as their push is done. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, let's see, there was Samoa Joe called out CM Punk again. I have no interest in this. Again, we've seen it enough. Uh, what do we have, Christian? That's going to be a match at all in. What I don't want to see CM Punk and, and Samoa Joe. Yeah, in all likelihood, that's where they're going. And I don't want to see it. And I like Joe. I like Joe. I like him a lot. But I don't want to see that match. We uh we did get Luchasaurus defending the TNT title against Brock Anderson. Did that do anything for you? Uh, other than the fact that <laughs> Brock Anderson sandbagged him a little bit, and you could yeah. clearly hear him saying like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> that yeah. was kind of funny. Um, but otherwise, like again, that's another guy. Brock Anderson, he's not getting renewed. And this leads to Darby Allen getting involved because he has a title shot at All Out. Unfortunately, he's now building two programs because he's trying to feud with Christian Cage and Luchasaurus at the same time he's feuding with his all-in opponents of the mobile embassy. So it's just hard to follow any of the stuff the way they're doing it. It really is. Um Hobbs came out, cut another promo about the Book of Hobbs. Uh, this did get interesting, though, because Miro came out. And I would be there for Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs. That's a hot yeah, sure. fight I could definitely get behind. For sure. Um, so I'm interested to see how that plays out. And by the way, fucking... Uh, God love Harley Cameron. Fucking that outfit delivered on a lot of levels. Um, but yeah, are you down for Hobbs and Mira? Of course. I think that would be great. I think it, I'm glad that we're using Mira now. Um, and I, Hobbs has now started to do this, this new gimmick, which I think is a lot better than him just laughing at QT Marshall's terrible jokes. Um, and yeah, the, the two of them, I think that will be a very fun match to watch. Um, if I ever cared to watch it. I don't know if I'll go back and watch it, but I, it at least will be something that is a little bit... That's at least something that's not going to be a match where I'm like, I already know who's going to win. Yeah. And so much of AEW is, I already know who's going to win. Right. You, you already knew Luchasaurus wasn't going to drop it to Brock Henderson. Right. You already knew the four people that were going to be 
in the women's match because they literally put them into fucking jobber matches to as qualifying matches, and that's not the but way to book things. They didn't put the former champion. The former champion well, got yes. a buy. <laughs> yes, the former champion got a buy. Current champion had to earn her way in to defend right. for the right to defend her title. Yeah, but you you literally had Britt Baker take on the bunny, and it was like, this is pointless. This is a waste of time. This is just to get a women's match on the card. And we already know who's going to win because there's no fucking way that you're going to have a, a fatal four-way for the women's title with the bunny as one of the contenders for it. Right, right, yeah. And, and that's where I have a problem where WWE doesn't do it too often, but most of the time when they, when they do these sort of like qualifying matches for Money in the Bank or these, you know, like winner goes on to face us or stuff like that, you usually don't always know who's going to win. Sometimes you do, obviously. But right. a lot of times you're sitting there and go, well, I can make a case for this guy, I can make a case yeah. for that guy. And you can't do that with AEW. I right. can't, nobody could, could convince me that the bunny was going to beat Britt Baker. Well, I am going to prove you wrong because I'm, I'm assuming you believed that CM Punk and FTR would win the trios title in this episode against the House of Black. No, because he's got his own stupid thing. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, he's got his own stupid thing with his fucking WCW bullshit of painting the fucking belt, which is... It's I so love that people went crazy of like, oh, he drew the X right through the E. Like, You mean the middle of the X is in the middle of the belt? Yeah. Yeah. Did he mean to say he's crossing out a lead? Possibly. Does it fucking matter one way or the other? No. It would look really fucking weird if he put XEW on the belt. Or AEX on the belt. Yeah. That would look really fucking weird. So yeah, it makes sense for AXW to be written on the belt. But again, this is a guy who literally can't be on the show that has the champion on it. And apparently doesn't let half well, those guys on his show. Apparently other people can't be on his show. So. Right. So, what so is that's the a fucking good breaking point? point to discuss that, Troy. Yeah. So we got a bunch, a bunch of shit that started to come out where we were kept hearing that CM Punk was very much having these minor altercations with people. And I guess it started with him and Jungle Jack S. And there was a whole thing where Jungle Jack S apparently had, like, he needed to be written off TV. He's not Jungle anymore. Sorry. Uh, Jack S. Perry. So Jack S. Perry wanted to be put through an, a legit glass window of a car to write him off TV. and Which worked out well for Goldberg. And for Shane McMahon. <laughs> and for as, for as much shit as I would give CM Punk, his thing, first and foremost, has always been, look, I went through this shit of being forced to work when I was hurt or being forced to do spots that I was uncomfortable with. And I had a whole fucking podcasting that I talked about it over that, so I'm not going to let other people do it. It's telling that the owner of the company isn't the one going to Jungle Ass Perry or, or Jack Ass Perry and saying, We can use sugar glass, it's fine. <laughs> you won't get killed. The fact that it has to be this piece of shit taking it upon himself to be like, No, we're not doing that spot, that's too fucking much that's a whole nother can of worms over that. But 
it sounds like, of course, because it's in classic CM Punk style, he didn't go about it the right way. <laughs> Where he sort of got into uh, Jackass's face and, like, bitched about it that. And then we also heard Ryan Nemeth, uh, who had tweeted out that CM Punk was the softest man alive. So CM Punk was like, I'm going to make sure that I prove that <laughs> by coming to you, getting in your face, screaming at you, and then sending you home. Because apparently, CM Punk is the head booker of Col- of Collison. And so Ryan Nemeth has been put on the blacklist for He Can't Work Saturdays. Uh, not that anyone wanted to see him on any day not of the week, anyways. On TV yeah, much, anyway. exactly. So he got booted off. Apparently, Christopher Daniels was supposed to be there, who is the head of talent relations, right. and he got forced out of Collison. Like, that's and an executive within the company. Yeah. And CM Punk is allowed to say he can't come here. Which he already banned the elite from coming there, also executives in the company. No, he's told us he'd love to work with the elite. They won't return his calls. He texted them and got a response from their lawyer is the story that he's that's, put out there. Yeah, that's apparently what, what they claim, yeah, what he claims. So, again, we're having all of this like backstage shit with AEW, but because of the fact that nobody can legally talk about the shit, they have to run to their dirt sheet of choice and have them relay the story. So that's when you're starting to see that, Pink Dick, Sean Ross Sapp, is reporting something different from Dave Meltzer because he's getting this person's side of the story, and Meltzer's getting this person's side of the story, and this guy's getting this person's side. So you're getting all of these conflicting reports because you're getting a bunch of people that are just running to the fucking dirt sheets and being like, oh, he was a dick to me. <laughs> and so, speaking of being yeah. a dick, um, everybody, CM Punk likes to play the everybody's mad at me and I tell me when I'm telling lies, I did nothing wrong. And then, of course, as soon as Collison goes off the air, immediately cuts a promo, shitting all over Adam Hangman Page, mm. and then goes, I didn't mean it to come across that way, I feel bad about it. Yeah, apparently he, he texted Adam Page and said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for it to... It's like, what you brought it up, dude. Right, this guy's not scripted. This was you intentionally of your own. You talked about Hangman Page going into business for himself in that promo. Well, what are you doing here? Right, and you said it best. In in because of the fans of AEW and because of this day and age, anything that happens in an AEW ring, whether it is on TNT or TBS or not, is canon. Yes. So Punk doing this dark promo or whatever like that, of course was going to be seen by all of the people that actually watch AEW, right. or at least most of them. And yeah, the the promo, which again, what are you building towards? You're not feuding with the guy. Right. <laughs> You're literally not in a feud with him right now. Well, like, will you be, because they refuse to work with each other. So Right. He's not going to want to go anywhere near you because you're such a bitch to him. <laughs> like, and he... Page is smart enough to be like, why the fuck would I work with him when he's just going to do the same shit to me again? Right. Where he's going to get upset because I'm I'm trying to do a storyline conversation with him, and he's going to take it personal. Like, you can't work with a guy like that anymore. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Alright, well, that brings us back to the WWE and Monday Night Raw. Um, so what do you want to talk about? <laughs> 
Sounds like J.D. McDonough is, in fact, joining the Judgment Day, despite what the dirt sheets told us. Yeah, exactly. I'm just very happy that we finally have a serious midget character, because oh, we've had so long where it's a, like Hornswoggle has been a joke of that. Now you got J.D. McDonough, who's you're just wait, I'm I'm being told that he's not technically... JD's not, not much person. shorter than Finn, by the way. <laughs> he's not. He's not. He just has a gigantic head. Yes, um, yes. I did. I, I again, we had another opportunity for Mysterio to just not be able to be heard uh, during this whole thing. Which, yeah, you know, um, I like this aspect of it where you've got McDonough and Balor as friends. And you literally have McDonough coming out and being like, oh, my friend Finn had this to say to you. And now he's just playing phone tag with them because even right. Rhea's like, we'll just tell Finn we need to talk to him. And it's like, I'm pretty sure he watches the show. Right. And he, he, he knows that he, you're talking to him. But then including in Sammy on this, I thought was a lot of fun. Yeah, and um, I thought McDonough and Sammy actually put together a really good match. I really oh, enjoyed yeah. American Ring. Yeah. McDonough's in-ring ability has never been in question. It's just no. been his personal decisions in life. But that's um, true of a lot of the roster. You know, it, it more and more. <laughs> but, yeah, we're... And this is the tamer generation of professional wrestlers, too, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we're not, we're not doing any plane ride from hell so far. But we're definitely doing some kind of shady shit behind the scenes sometimes. For sure. Um, oh God. Um, how do you feel about Chelsea Green having? I liked the idea of the Chelsea talent search for a new partner. I thought it would have been something sort of different and cool and funny. Uh, and immediately they're like, "No, Piper never is. She's just going to be the champion." So I felt like I felt like there was a lot of different ways they could go about this, and I'm very very happy that they didn't strip her of the championships yes. because because I thought that that would have been now that, that would have been, I'm not necessarily opposed to exactly but, for sure. Titles. But yeah, I thought that that would have just killed her. Mental. And don't come for me for that joke because this woman wore a, ch- a Chelsea 469 shirt similar to the Austin 360. Thing. So she's got a sense of humor about this. She's also somebody that flashed her wrestler, um, obviously with stickers on her nipples, yeah. during a wrestling match. She's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she would probably laugh at that joke too. Right. Uh, anyways, I, I liked the possibilities that they could have done with it. There is something I think that can be built on with the fact that you have Chelsea, who is this like ultimate Karen and sort of like thinks that she's the boss to then have Piper come in and just be like, no, 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 I'm the tag team champion with you now. Deal with it. I, I, I do sort of think that there are ways they could go about it. I do think there's a lot of easy ways they could go with it that could be terrible. Um, and if they're doing another, can they coexist storyline? I don't want to see that. I get what you're saying. However, my issue here is that how is this different than Eva Marie and Piper Niven? Right. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying, like, if they fall back on that, if they do that that kind of thing, then I'm not with it. But if if they kind of pivot on it and they make it a little bit more where it's like, you know, maybe Chelsea thinks that she's in charge and she's really not, that kind of thing. Like, there there are fun ways they can do it. And I think Chelsea will play her part well. Uh, it's it's nice to see Piper getting 
a little bit of a push as well. Obviously, this is this uh, you know this was something that they had to pivot to because of the fact that Sony's out for a year. Um, but I'm I'm at least tentatively excited to see what's next for them. Or you know I, I have I, I'm tempering my expectations a bit because the women's tag team belts have not been looked good at all. But I think that Chelsea will try to make lemonade out of it. So. That's somebody else's yes. gimmick now. I know, um, sorry. They even have a shirt. How do you feel about the uh, interactions between the Alpha Academy and Imperium? And the fact that Chad Gable's shot is not taking place on Payback, but on Raw next week. Yeah, that, that's a bummer. Um, because you already pretty much knew Gunther's not dropping it to Gable. Now you definitely know Gunther's not dropping it to Gable. Um... Not only because of the fact that we couldn't wait another month for this, so that Gunther would have the uh, the longest all-time reign, and then maybe you could then then you can look at it and go, "There's a chance now that Gable ends this," you know, because he's got the thing and everything that. But it's like you're doing it before that, and as you said, the same thing happened with Roman and things like that. Once you start mentioning it. Then you're like, we're clearly getting that way. We're not going to pull the rug out from other people. So he's going to lose it. I think it's going to be a great match. I yeah. think it's going to be a fucking hell of a blast. Um, but again, like I said, it, it is. And look, Maxine is somebody who I think was very close to being fired. And she has done exceptional she has blossomed into this character. She's been a lot of fun to watch. She's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> and, I mean, her slapping Ludwig was a lot of fun. And she brings such a, a, a cool energy to Alpha Academy. And it's it's interesting to see because we talk a lot about how in comedy you typically have your straight man and your funny man kind of thing and this is a classic case of it where you have the goofy Alpha Alpha Academy going up against the ultra serious Imperium and that's how you how you make gold like Gable is going to go out there he's going to have a fucking great match Um, and then you've got Otis and Maxine that are just going to fucking be goofballs the entire time while I guess Giovanni and Ludwig trying not to laugh. <laughs> I, just I just wish we didn't have to tease Maxine might turn on Alpha Academy like she might go with it. Like I don't fucking do that. Don't even right. Don't go down that road even. Like this is such a new dynamic and it's very entertaining. Like don't fuck it up. Really. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Jesus yeah. Christ. Exactly. Anyway. Don't yeah, don't don't fucking turn on her because she is so much fun with this group and you need to to like drain this stone of all the fucking water it's got because yeah. there's a lot there's a there's a lot of juice that you can squeeze out of this one so um, we're not there yet eventually maybe but we're you not just gotta there sort yet. of make a hook out of your fingers but anyway yeah, uh, exactly <laughs> I thought what, one of my favorite parts of Raw and ultimately apropos of nothing was I thought they did a really nice video package on Indy Hartwell I thought that came across really nice it was a good thing to do before her match with Rhea Ripley to sort of cement her as a legit threat to Rhea, uh, mm-hmm. despite the fact that the main roster audience hasn't seen her very much. Um, ultimately, the match wasn't you know what we hoped for with Rhea, um, 
Candace got involved, and Candace and Rhea, as much as I think could have an absolute fucking banger together, probably won't be allowed to. Uh, so, I don't know. I, this seems like we're just killing time until Raquel gets cleared and they can cash in on that match that they've been teasing for a while. Yeah, it was nice to see Indy, because I, I spoke about a couple weeks ago how there's a lot of women that are just forgotten. And Piper was another one of those ones that was on that list of just yeah. women you just don't see on TV all the time. You've got fucking Tegan Knox kicking around there, and she's just yeah. not doing anything. It's, it's, before you continue, it's interesting that you said that because we had a hold of, because Sal and I had a conversation, and one of my main takeaways when we had talked about things that we thought Triple H had, had struggled with since taking over, and my instant thing was booking the women's division, and you didn't get a chance to chime in on that, so... Yeah, I completely agree. I I like the fact that Rhea is is the women's champion. I think that is a smart choice. But I also look at it as who's coming for her. Like we finally got Raquel, but for the longest time there she was spinning wheels. She wasn't even on the fucking last pay per view, you know. And the Becky and Trish debacle. Obviously, you know, we got to see a bit more of it now. And it's clearly a thing that's going to keep going. And maybe we understand why that decision was made after seeing it, but... Yeah, a bit. <laughs> For sure. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, like, like I said, in, in terms of the talent that is there, they're not being showcased like they should. Because you, you literally have Indy and Candace, who are both, you know, part of this match here, part of the segment. And you're like, why are we not seeing these guys every week? You know... We have all the members of the way that are there, except for Johnny Gargano is apparently missing. Like you have these guys that are all there and they're just not doing anything with them. You know, you've got Shotzi who you're like, okay, we're going to start pushing her because, you know, she fucking shaved her head and stuff like that. And it's like, I guess she's kind of in a feud with Bailey, but then she's like not always around Bailey. And yeah, it's just. It's definitely too disjointed for me to feel like they're doing a good job of it. And again, we see it down in NXT. Like, the way that that Shawn Michaels books the women down there still continues to be that they're a focal point. That they're, they're important. I know you, you can point out, uh, Tiffy Time as somebody who maybe is floundering a little bit, but you've got all these other women here and there throughout the card that are being pushed and are being in storylines. Like how fantastically are they using Rhea to build up Lyra Valkyria? Yeah, for sure. The match that they had there, um, the, is that next week that they're doing that? Or do they already doing the, they're doing the mixed tag next week. They're doing the mixed tag next week, yep. Where you got Dirty Dom and, and Rhea versus Lyra Valkyria. So, yeah. And Dragon Lee. And Dragon Lee, yeah, Dragon Lee, yeah. Sorry. I think that's great because... You know, you you had mentioned it before about how like there was Dominic wasn't going to lose that title <laughs> that quickly or like that, and it's been working out really well because we've had a chance now that he is he is building up Dragon Lee's character. You got Ripley building up Lyra Valkyria's character. You had Rey Mysterio going down there for for a week, and he was talking to Thea Hale and was like fucking pumping her up and everything like that like that's the that is the proper way to use these main roster stars down there is yes one of them has one of the championship belts right now but you know once he loses that whoever he loses it to is going to get a huge fucking pop because people hate that motherfucker so if dragon lee takes that belt off it which i think is the route they're going to go he's going to get a huge fucking boost in popularity because he's the one that took down dominic mysterio 
Oh, very true. All right. Anyway, back to the women's division. That's what we were talking about before I interrupted you. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the, this was a very quick match. It was just another way to show Rhea's dominant. And I, I would have liked to see a little bit more, but I understand that's your women's champion. That's Rhea Ripley. She needs to be kind of dominant. And because of the fact that we haven't had her in matches recently, I think it was a good way to kind of put her back into like, oh, yeah, that's right. She is the fucking champion. She is that good. So, mm-hmm. And you yeah. touched on it, too. I, I wish we were putting this Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa stuff on TV and more people yeah. seeing it because Tommaso's backstage stuff, like the, one, the missing poster and all that, it's fantastic. It really is. Every single time these two guys get together, and we saw it with the fucking glorious bombs, yep. like the shit that they do on on Twitter and on Instagram and, and things like that is so entertaining. And you just look at you and go, why the fuck aren't they letting this stuff go on TV? Because they would get these guys over. If they were doing the fucking glorious bombs on TV as just like quick little fucking backstage things, people would have loved it. And they probably would have been doing. They probably would have been a fucking you know trend that people were doing. And now again, you have it. And and I shared in the host thread where fucking Tommaso Ciampa throws out a, a a missing poster, and there was so many jokes up and down that fucking thing, like the Johnny Gargano race not fast and like <laughs> sex has a child. Sex has at least one child. Yeah, like that's the kind of stuff where you're just like, oh, he's so good, and these two work so well together. And and it's fun to to see it online, but again, it's like it's it's stuff that could be missed because you're not putting it on TV. You're not having this like backstage fun that they could be having with each other. Uh, agreed, a hundred percent. Big question coming out of Raw is: What do you think Shinsuke Nakamura whispered to Seth Rollins? To me, he probably just burped and blew in his face. But I know I've saw <laughs> I've seen I've seen a lot of it. Uh, a lot of From a storyline standpoint, what do you think we're, we're, we're going here? I'm I'm not sure, honestly, because from a storyline standpoint, like the the way that Seth's reaction, it felt like Shinsuke went out to him and was just like, "I signed John Moxley." Like it was, like, <laughs> he was like baffled by it. He was like taken aback by what he said. So it's like, he, did he? have some like i don't know if there's anything the, unless it was like a case of like uh by the way i i stole aop from you or something like that like i've got video of you cheating on becky you know i don't want to see it i don't either but, but at least that would be something that would um explain the reaction to it right because because if he goes up there and says i'm taking your title that's not acting like that right so that's not going like He's going, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, he's going to fucking laugh. He's going to probably yell, burn it down. Right. Like, that's, that's no. So that the was the thing. Degree dick. Yeah, yeah. It felt like it was, it's going to be, and hopefully it's not like the fucking spider in the cage. It felt like it's going to be something that maybe eventually we find out about, or there's going to be some kind of, like, surprise. But I don't know, man. It was weird. Which, as we mentioned, Seth's 90-degree dick. Uh, let's take a swerve here. Uh, Troy, Shinsuke Nakamura. Rate that dick! <sighs> There's no way that I don't come off as racist. 
I have seen my fair share of Japanese porn because I loves me some Japanese women. There is science to back this up, but typically Japanese men are not very well endowed. Um, so I'm going to give Shinsuke a four. Oh. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. But, but again, if you're, if you're asking me to rate a dick of a black man, I'm going to lean more towards fucking Brixilla than I am than Tiny Penis Titus. You're asking me about a fucking uh, Japanese guy? I'm going to say you're probably not backing much. Okay. All right. Well, sorry, sorry to hear that, Chevsky. Uh, That's probably why he fucking kept kicking people in the dick. He's probably jealous. Oh, yeah. There you go. You just <laughs> solved the whole storyline. That's right. Uh, no LA Knight presence. They just had a little thing with uh, news talking <laughs> that's, about it. That's what he whispered to him. I saw your penis. There you go. <laughs> um, so, so next up was like, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus, and. Uh, <sighs> So, first off, this obviously, the, the elephant in the room, this was the match that was supposed to be on SummerSlam, was taken off the card, despite the fact nobody will admit to the fact it was taken off the card. But it was clearly built towards SummerSlam. Um, I think we all sort of assumed when it wasn't put on SummerSlam that it would at least main event Raw. Mm-hmm. Didn't do that either. We're wrong. Um, and of course, when we saw in ring, it was there were definitely it was it wasn't I want to say it was bad, but there were definitely some clunker moments in it for sure. It was uh, like your, course, it was the, like a the, normal AEW women's match. The head scissor takeover spot, obviously, not with was obviously the one that got the most push on the internet. Um, but and, and of course, the biggest problem with this was again went back to do the spot, stopped going back to do the spot. Trish is enough of a veteran to not do that. Becky should know better. Just go to something else. Um, we we literally just had L.A. Knight and Sheamus not go back and do the spot. Do it in a right. different fucking show, and right. then you you turned around and you went, nope, we gotta do it again. Yeah. Like, come on, girls. Yeah, no. And yeah. Trish taking the mask off made yeah. a much more enjoyable match because, you know. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. this was not the end of this program as we get a double count out, which again probably wouldn't have worked on a SummerSlam card anyway. No. Uh, and apparently now we're going to get a steel cage match between these two. Uh, is this, as my, my take here is that this seems like a precursor to Team Stratus versus Team Lynch at War Games, but I don't know if you got that vibe too. Uh, the fact that we have Zoe there, and I know she really didn't have Zoe because she was banned from Rings or like that, not that it mattered. I, I do feel like that's possible. The only thing is, is that Becky's got to start up finding some friends because. <laughs> Yeah, and so okay, so Trish and Zoe Stark. Who's the other two that you would see on on Team Stratus? Uh, you could go if you wanted to go with Chelsea and Piper. You could do that, uh, being that they're now the tag team champions. That would be an option. Uh, you could certainly go with. Uh, I mean, I don't think they're gonna go with Rhea. No. Uh, I don't think they're going to go with Valhalla. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they ended up doing. I, to me, with Team Becky, it's almost it's fairly 
Easy. You go with Caden and Katana. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. You have Candice LeRae, who's been in war games before, who could kind of quarterback the situation for him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you could always put in members of damage control with, with Trish. Um, so you, you have options, I think. But Or you could call it, up NXT girl. I mean, yeah. don't, let's not forget, very proud Canadian Chelsea Green. So that sort of yeah. makes some sense, too. Yeah. I mean, Zoe Stark doesn't exactly fit into it if you're doing like a very Canadian um, thing, but you do have the possibility of uh, uh, them digging up Aaliyah's uh, dead body and turning her heel because she's a Canadian as well. You know, you could definitely have that as being somebody to to join and have like a a sort of a Team Canada. I I, I feel like you could throw Natalia in anywhere you need her to. Nikki Cross is still an option. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty of, of women out there. You know? Yeah, yeah. Of course, Becky is not American either, so <laughs> you start to look at it as that as you know. But there's there's definitely more face women that she could probably pluck to to join on that than anything. Right, right. But I do feel like there needs to that you'll see something at uh, backlash that that is going to lead to that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like this this is where you get somebody to come and help Becky out. Because you need to start having her gain some people. <laughs> so. Well, you've got Raquel, you've got Candice, you've got Indy, you've got options on the Raw side for women, too. Yeah, the only thing is that, obviously, Raquel in, is probably going to be too busy with uh, with Rhea. Caden oh, and Katana, Candice and Indy, you got, like yeah. I said, there are, there are options. Yeah, but I think that those options need to be one of them needs to be chosen for this this uh, cage match to yeah. take out Zoe Stark. I think that's where you can start doing it. But yeah, the match itself was not good, um, which sucks because the weirdest thing when Zoe came on the screen, the color on my TV went completely off. Oh yeah, it's weird. It was stark contrast. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I had a feeling you were going there. I just was, I didn't want to believe it. I was like, <laughs> maybe he's being truthful. Maybe his maybe his TV did really fuck up. No, 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 no. Dad jokes. <sighs> That's good though. And then uh, you liked my Matt Riddle one of the host though, so there's that. I did for sure. Um, which boy, poor Drew. <laughs> he literally went from. Coming out and being and and getting a shot of the IC belt to, hey, uh, here's Matt Riddle as your buddy. <laughs> well, they were already doing that before the. IC. I know he was helping him against Imperium. So I I know I just to me it's like. That, By the way, I dig fucking uh, Xavier Woods with the dreads. That's a good look on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I I'm just hoping that something happens with the new day. Because obviously we talked about it before about Biggie probably isn't coming back ever. But I feel like Kofi and Xavier have just been treading water for so long. And I understand the injuries have been kind of bouncing back and forth between the two of them too, but you have a chance right now to yet again push Xavier as, as a singles guy. And I, I just need to see them do something. I would love to see him. I mean, he's on the show that has the IC belt, so it's kind of hard to make him a mid-card champion. But if you decided to do that and make him the guy that takes it off of Gunther next month, 
you know, that would be something. That would be a big, big up for him. But he's the only member of the New Day who hasn't won singles titles. So, he's been King of the Ring. True. True. But other than that, it's like, that's been it. So, I, I just, he's, he's too good to not push him more, you know? Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, what did you think of Becky and Trish overall, though, in the match? I think it was a bummer. I it didn't feel to me like it was the fact that Trish was retired and came back. It it felt more uh, a chemistry thing than it was uh, an ability thing. I st- I think Trish still does have that ability to go. So. I was uh, I was a little bummed at that because you're you're now going to do at least one more match with these two, and if the chemistry already wasn't there, I don't I don't know that putting it in a steel cage is going to be able to hide that, or they're going to be able to make up for that. Uh, a little bit will hide it because you've got obviously a lot of spots of just chucking people and chucking each other into the cage walls and stuff like that, but you still have to wrestle each other. So yeah. hopefully they hopefully they're able to and. Also, part of me is just like, wait, you had another week to work through this match. <laughs> like, sure, sure. You, you you couldn't have fixed some of the problems that you had? Like, Well, there were a lot of memes with lemons that needed to be posted, so, you know. <sighs> yeah. So, I'm not, I'm not as looking forward to this feud as I was before. And I already was kind of like, okay, like, it's something for Becky to do, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. We'll see. Speaking of which, we have seen uh, we've seen what Xavier Woods is working with, but we've never talked about Kofi Kingston. Great, that dick. I'm just hoping that his like the, the in between of his balls doesn't look like his chest, like it's caved in between the two of them. Um, I mean, he's black, and he's got a lot of kids, right? And he like kisses his kids in the mouth. Um, so I'm gonna say that's true. Um, I'm I'm gonna say seven. Seven, okay. seven inches yeah. or seven out of ten? Probably both. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, that brings us to our main event of Raw, where once again, Finn Balor proves to be the unluckiest man in the history of the world as Damian Priest slides the briefcase and it goes right through Finn Balor's legs, right to Cody Rhodes, who gets to hit him in the face with it. That was such slapstick shit. It was like, oh, gosh, we really did that? Yeah. They didn't slide between his legs. Yeah. That's what we did. Yeah. <sighs> also... The fuck, Cody? So much for being a white meat baby face. <laughs> so here's the thing. People will. I thought the match was good. People will shit yeah. on it, be like, was, this is what WWE does well that AEW doesn't. AEW gives us everything and a throwaway episode of Dynamite and a match that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. WWE knows that there's money in Finn Balor versus Cody Rhodes somewhere down the line. So they're not gonna. They're gonna tickle. They're gonna tickle the bag a little bit, but they're not gonna give you the full. Full ejaculation. Mm-hmm. We're going to save that. And we saw that, I think, a little bit with the Balor and Seth Rollins matches. The yeah. last match they have is easily the best one of them because it was the blow off match. Right. When we get to the point where Finn and Cody are going to go for real, it'll be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, again, we talked about it earlier. This is the other spot to me that seems to lend itself to war games. Cody, Sammy, and Kevin versus the Judgment Day. Yes. And Cody picking a fourth partner. My guess, maybe a Drew McIntyre, maybe a Matt Riddle. Um, but I, I think you're definitely gearing up towards that. At least that's what it seems like to me. The fact that we have 
McDonough sort of continuing to float around these guys, I think is, is for sure a big fucking push for it. Um, and it makes the most sense because you're not going to, you're not going to do another war games with the bloodline. Right. I think we, we've already disbanded them enough where, like I said, like you said, most likely a fatal four way could, could potentially be something. But if you're looking at war games, this is tailor made for it. You've got, you know, um, and maybe, maybe Cody brings Seth into this so you can sort of tease the priest and Seth, considering he's got the, got the briefcase. Maybe that's a, that's a way that you go, but. And let's not if, overlook the notion of Cody Rhodes competing finally in the match that his dad created. Yes. WWE's sure. big on that kind of stuff, too. So. Oh, for sure. And I think that, I think that'll do a lot of good for him, too. I think it will, it will continue his, his, meteoric rise with the fans too because I think a lot of people want to see that a lot of people yeah. want to see Cody Rhodes in more games a lot of people want to see him square up against Dominic Mysterio against you know Finn Balor, Don, uh, Damien Priest JD McDonough like those are guys that are all going to put on a fucking great show right. and you throw them all in the same match you throw Kevin Owens in there you throw Sami Zayn in there like both of whom will have war games experience now oh for sure yep so, yeah, I guess uh, you said it best, though. We we don't know who that last person will be, but yeah, there's there's a lot of different places you can go with it, and all of them are exciting, as long as it's not Rey Mysterio. I just don't think it will be there on different shows, but <laughs> not that that matters uh, as much anymore. All right, so that moves us to NXT on Tuesday night, and sort of a more, I thought, at least low-key episode of NXT. I don't think there was a ton of stuff that happened that was super important on this episode. Um, so for me, I liked uh, the matchup with, um, obviously, Dijak and Wesley in the number one contender spot for the championship. And, and again, just as I said before, you didn't know who was going to win this one. Right, right. Because you looked at it and you went, well, Dijak's the heel, Carmelo's the face. That seems like a like a matchup that would be fucking tailor made. Then you're also like, well, Wesley and Carmelo would also put on a really good fucking match. So you right. didn't know who was going to win this match. Right. Um, it was a little bummer that Dijak yet again lost, but I did love the little elements in this though. Like he works on Wesley's shoulder, he goes to do the cardiac kick, and his shoulder gives out, and he can't finish it, mm-hmm. and. Wesley works on Dijak's leg, and Dijak goes to hit the feast your eyes, but can't because his knee gives out on him. Like those are nice little touches that they they're really good at doing down in NXT. Oh, yeah, the psychology tell is the story just... of a match so well. Yeah, um, and of course Wesley wins and becomes the number one contender, which then led us to a promo between Wesley and Carmelo Hayes. That if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's worth it. So. Number one, it's a contract signing. So instantly, I'm like, oh, right. it's a fucking contract signing. But, perfect. They did it fucking perfectly. Because you got two faces, so you're like, are they just going to fucking brawl at the end of it? No. Instead, we have fucking Wesley jump on top of the table and through it yeah. as a show of fucking strength. And that was such a unique way to end that segment where I was like, that was great. Right. That was one of, one of the best segments. Not to mention the fact that 
Carmela Hayes' character hasn't changed much from when he was a heel. Right. <laughs> He's still a cocky asshole. The only difference is instead of it being everybody sucks and I'm awesome, it's you're good, but I'm great. Right. And I think that works so well. And when you've got a, a matchup like this where you've got two faces, it works really well. And they've got that history where Wesley won the North American Championship, but did he win it from, off of Carmelo? No. But he won it. So you play into that where Carmelo's like, yeah, 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 you you took that belt, but you didn't take it off of me. Right. right. (laughs) Because it was a ladder match, obviously. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's like you won it. You won the belt. You didn't win it off of me kind of thing. So I like that. And and then Wesley just so much fucking emotion in his storytelling where he's talking about. It's such a great use of it, too, because Mm -hmm. Wesley goes on and talks about how. You know, I came to, and I, I worked my whole life to get to WWE, and people said, you can't. And then I worked to become a tag team champion. People said, you can't. And I did, twice. And then my partner left, and they said, you can't be a single star. And I did. And they said, you can't be the the North American champion. And I did. And Carmelo Hayes says, and you, you, when it comes to beating me, you can't. And that was yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. So beautifully done. It just really hats off for that one. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And it, it, as if we weren't already so fucking hard for this match that just stick a fucking finger in your asshole after this one because it was so good it's really the first time we've seen wesley with these kind of promo chops too, yes. where yeah where it was like a legitimate emotional like reveal behind the curtain of who the person is and we haven't seen that from wesley before and i thought it was really really well done this is a guy who has largely just been a comedy stoner character for much of his career and while he got away from a lot of that, he's still just been kind of the fun partying guy in NXT. Right. So the so the fact that you actually saw where it's like, no, 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 I am taking this serious. Like, this is my fucking life, and it is now my personal goal to fucking win that title off of you. And I love the fact that Carmelo did such a good job of putting Wes over. Yeah. And because, again, we talk about it all the time, about that being the important thing to do is... You need to make sure that you put over the fact that beating your opponent is going to make you better or is going to be an accomplishment. It's not going to, you're not overlooking him. Like Carmelo is saying, like, you're really fucking good, you know, but you're not me, you know. So I, I, man, I loved it. And again, we sort of talked about it with Carmelo where the, the last feud maybe didn't do as well as it could do. This has been doing wonders for him. And it's right, really right. Been, been able to make him shine yep. and show up as like, yes, he is still that cocky asshole at times, but he has a point. <laughs> like, right. he is really good. So he has every right to be like, I am really fucking good. And uh, there's not a whole lot else. I mean, as much as I dislike the whole breakup of Chase U thing that they got going on, Thea Hale's acting throughout this has been entertaining. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She's showing a different side to her character, which is nice to see. Yeah. Uh, I talked about Lyra. Lyra was fantastic on this episode, uh, getting into it with Rhea, setting up the tag match. Um, we talked about the women shining. I thought that they did a nice job, as much a nice job as you can with Blair Davenport's presentation against uh, Dana Brooke. But I actually am starting to enjoy a little bit of Dana Brooke down in the next day, too. It might be the right might be the right time and the right situation and the right sort of thing for her. We've never really seen her 
We've seen her as like a mean girl heel, but we've never really seen her as a vicious heel. And I'm actually sort of getting into it a little bit. Yeah. I think that the internet is helping to fuel that a little bit. And, and she's sort of starting to use the hate that she's been receiving online and in the arena to her advantage too. And maybe she's got a little chip on her shoulder, which is always a, always a good thing for somebody who has gone for so long with being a nothing. You know, now, now she has to, she probably feels like she's got to prove herself a little bit more. So she's been trying a little bit more. Um, so I like that. I thought it was interesting, um, that Baron Corbin talked about driving off an Olympic hero and he's not coming back. Like, is that legit? Like, is, are they legit done with Gable? Steve's son? Okay. Okay. I'm going to blow your mind a little bit more. Was he talking about Stevenson or was he talking about Angle? That could be too. Right? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because both Cause fit. He, yep, and he beat Kurt Angle, for sure. Or is Stevenson coming back with Angle as his coach? See, now that at least would be something entertaining. Because Gable Stevenson has been... He was fine in that match. And I understand he's new. And he hasn't he hasn't been focusing on wrestling like his brother Damon has. Um... So I, I get that his, his progress is going to be a little slower probably because he's got a foot in both doors over that. But I think that Baron is the right person to eventually do that. And um, obviously right now he's doing the Von Wagner thing, which is another guy that, you know, he, it's two big dudes, which is, is not always the best recipe for a good match. Uh, just two tall dudes against each other. Um, but Vaughn seems to have been able to at least pique my interest a little bit with some of the things like putting like fucking powerbomb and brown through a table, you know, and, and taking out fucking Baron and stuff like that. Like, there's at least a while back, Vaughn Wagner has a star quality to him. He does. It's just a matter of if they can tap into it enough. And I think they're starting to. So it's interesting. I think once, once they, they finally talked about his brain surgery as a kid, I think that sort of cemented it was just like, okay, well now we're going to get rid of the fucking slope face jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. Or or you're at least going to make people feel bad about it. I know Adam <laughs> so, did, so. Yeah. And now that you had that where you're just you're like, oh, he actually has a real life story that can help you get sympathy for him. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you sort of forget that like he's a second generation guy. Right. So he did have a little bit of a leg up, obviously, in becoming a wrestler because his dad was a wrestler. Not a great wrestler, but he was a wrestler. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see it. And, and he's one of those guys, I think, that he's going to have a job for a long time because he, yeah. because of his size and everything like that. And he, he is and able he's to second go. generation. And those yeah. guys tend to get more opportunities. Right. So even if he eventually makes it to the main see roster. See <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nia Jax, who could get hired tomorrow, she wanted to by anybody, but she just right. decides to not. Right. So, right. yeah. All right, so let's wrap up with this week's edition of AEW Dynamite. Was there anything on this episode, Troy, that you want to talk about? So this was another one of their special themed episodes, which. They have more special themed episodes than actual regular episodes, so I don't know. So I almost feel like Dynamites are your special episodes at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that we saw 
was that the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre game oh boy. had decided that they were going to put or they were they were going to donate a hundred thousand dollars to um AW's I guess AW's charity of choice. Yes. That is revisionist history. Okay. <laughs> this match was booked before this was announced as Fight for the Fallen, before gotcha. the Maui tragedy, before any of this was a part of the equation. So okay. after it happened, somebody in AEW went, oh, after the Maui tragedy, it's still a good idea to have a death match on that show. <laughs> yes. So... Instead of accepting the $100,000 to put on a Texas Chainsaw Massacre death match, Tony Khan went, I'm going to take that money, I'm going to donate it to Maui. It's like, okay, so you you didn't take any money out of your own pocket. That we you know just, of. I mean, I, I can't. I'm not going to sit here and sure, assume that. Sure, sure. But the company that shit all over... WB for having themed gimmick matches, having the zombie zombies. match, call a spade a spade. That was yep. it. having the zombie match. They there were some people that were were making fun of the Slim Jim fucking battle royale as well. But yeah, so so the zombie thing. Let's not um, forget the Mountain Dew match. Yes, the Mountain Dew pitch black match. Yes, things like that. They love to shit all over that stuff of having the fucking theme matches. AW has been doing the exact same thing. They have had fucking sponsors. They literally had a fucking House of the Dragon match and they had a guy or they had was Luchasaurus or whatever that whatever they had to do a fucking Danielson. Yeah. They had the American Dragon Danielson over that and then they fucking trotted out Ricky Steamboat because he's a dragon and stuff like that. Yeah. They've been doing the same exact things. So here you have a fucking yet again another thing where they're like it's a branded match the thing that they hated but they didn't stop there because that would have been fine if they would have just said we're going to throw up the fucking signs over that the fans shit all over the fact that Braun Strowman won a title belt and, and during the greatest Royal Rumble that was never seen again we literally did the fucking same thing because we had a leather face championship belt you act like that won't be defended next week, though. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. That's true. AEW has more championships than they have wrestlers at this point. They fucking do. Like, it's it's literally you've got you've got MJF with the fucking championship. You got Orange Cassidy with the championship. You've got an asshole walking around with a replica championship belt with an X on it. You've got all the fucking ROH belts. You've got all the belts from every other place. You have Owen Hart belts. <laughs> and now we have the Leatherface belt. Just so Jeff Jarrett can say FTW that he title. yes, yeah. Just so Jeff Jarrett can say that he won a championship. But it doesn't stop with that. That was dumb enough. No, no. During the match, a guy dressed as Leatherface came out, booted down uh, one of the fucking Jarrett's assholes. And then chased Karen Jarrett to the back, but that didn't make a difference to the match because. Chased in heavy quotation fingers. Yes, yeah. 
because literally as soon as he walked away, as soon as they went to the back, Satnam Singh took out Jeff Jeff Hardy and Jeff Jarrett won anyways. So you literally had this this fucking whole thing of Leatherface coming out and helping him. And you didn't even help him. Right. <laughs> He's still lost. If anything, he hurt him. Yeah. And you have fucking people who are literally defending this shit. Uh, and being like, no, it was good, it was good. But in, this, in fairness, this is one of the first times I've really seen a lot of the AEW fandom be like, what the fuck? That's true. This was the most WWE thing AEW's ever done, is the, the recurring theme. Now, that's not actually true if you're impartial and objective about it, but... Yeah, it was bad. It was as bad as I've seen on AEW in a long time. It was nonsensical. It was the work wasn't good. The theme wasn't good. As soon as Jeff Hardy comes out wearing white, I'm like, there's gonna be a fuck ton of blood involved in this match. And not Just, even not even blade job blood, fake blood. Yeah. And then yeah. you had we we talk a lot about overbooking. You had in this match alone, Aussie Open. No, no, they were before that. Um, yeah. Brother, Brother Zay, Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, all involved. Um, Satnam Singh, fucking Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Sanjay Dutt, Karen Jarrett, Leatherface. There were so many people involved in this fucking match. Yeah. And it ended yet again. This is nobody gives a shit about who fucking did this. Nobody gives a shit about a Jeff Hardy versus Jeff Jarrett match. Nope. And now we have Jeff Jarrett with a fucking title belt. Which and two is guys who have barely interacted needed a death match. Like, this is the fucking shit. Like, there's no reason for it. There's no... It, it's sort of like a parking lot brawl between the BCC and the best friends. They've had, like, three interactions. Right. Like, there's got to be... This has got to be the blow-off. You've got to have a crescendo that leads to a match like this and a reason you get there. We talked about it when um, Chris Jericho was doing the whole, like, running people through paces shit. Yes. And, and no, not Which him. Which MJF when when MJF did it to Jericho, and Which he time? literally, yeah, exactly, um, where you literally had it be like, all right, you're going to be in a fucking exploding light tube death match, and the next week you're just going to be in a normal ass match against Juventud Guerrero, like yeah. that's the kind of shit where you're like, that's so fucking ass backwards. Right. Like you build to the Nick Gage pizza cutting thing, right. you don't start with that. Right. right. Yep. 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 Hundred percent. So that was trash. We don't need that. Um, the the Kenny Omega interview. Has anybody aged as fast as Kenny Omega has? <laughs> Jim <laughs> that Ross. Guy, well, yeah, but Jim Ross is fucking. He's like oogie boogie. He's just a fucking meat sack kind of getting dry. Kenny Omega looks like shit. <laughs> this whole fucking thing. And again, we literally have like Chris Jericho doing his old fucking bullshit where. He wants to like be a part of Don Callis's family and bullshit like that. It's like I don't care about any of this shit. Well, he says yes, but uh, Callis was convinced he was going to say no, and then the whole thing back and forth. Like he joined the group, but then he decided Callis had a picture of him holding up Jericho's head. Yeah, and Jer- like it was a whole thing, and then it somehow leads to Will Osprey, who's had no interactions with Jericho on the show whatsoever, coming out. 
to defend, like, to set up a match at All In that nobody fucking wants to see. The only person that wants this match is Will Ospreay. Because he's literally said, like, it's a dream match to face Chris Jericho. The problem is, is that Chris Jericho is the type of bullshit that he's going to come out on the fucking painmaker gimmick thing again. Yeah. Because he yeah. thinks that that's over. It's not. Right. The only time that it worked was when you were against the Rainmaker because you right. were literally doing it to make fun of him. Right. And we've continued to see it. And so you have... Th- this is where you need somebody to be like, I understand that... You that you want to face Chris Jericho? That's a dream match of you. We're not doing that. We can do that on a random ass fucking dynamite match, so you can have a match with him. We're not putting that on our show that we're trying to get, trying to fucking break records of people coming in. By the way, this whole paymaker thing and the lion heart, blah blah blah. Oh, Chris Jericho continuing to reinvent himself. He's just doing McFoley now. Like, there's nothing new about anything this guy does anymore. It's just not only, rehashing. Not only, not only is he rehashing everything, but he's also stealing other people's gimmicks. Right. Which has been his thing for a long time. He's just stealing gimmicks from people. And people fucking love him for this shit. And it's like, him coming out, when, when he fucking came out as a pain maker, looking all fat and dumpy, it was just like, Go away. Just retire, dude. Because <laughs> you don't have it anymore. But don't worry, because he's going to be one-upped by a guy who's going back to old gimmicks, because fucking Joker Sting is back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happened. Not only that, I don't know if you caught it, the Joker Sting segment clearly filmed for Rampage and used on Dynamite, because he said in nine days, right? instead of saying in 11 days. <laughs> right, right. Well, I don't know about that because Prince Nana in the same video said, you mean in 11 days. Okay, so maybe. I think, I think Sting legitimately just fucked us up. Probably, because he's a fucking washout, too. Yeah, it's bad. Um, we also had a, it was actually a pretty good match with, with a little bit of a nice story to it between uh, Wheeler Yuta and Orange Cassidy. Of course, it ended with Cassidy winning, but as per AEW, we can't let anything breathe because then all of the Blackpool Combat Club had to come out, which prompted then all of the best friends to come out, which then led to uh, Lucha Bros coming out, which then led to uh, Eddie Kingston returning to AEW TV. Didn't he quit the company? That's what I thought it was. Uh, but in any event, he definitely hasn't quit donuts. We ended up with uh, John Moxley <laughs> issuing a challenge for all in to a stadium stampede match because we're not we haven't gotten hokey enough. But now, of course, the internet's buzzing about the three mystery partners that the Blackpool Comedy Club will have to have. So, and I'm sure it's because of the video game because that's coming out soon. The ability to do stadium stampedes in, in the in the fucking shitty video game, which trust me. You won't have enough people online to even do that. <laughs> <laughs> now, you played I'm, the game, right? No, I have not. Oh, okay. I would not spend money on that shit. Okay. If somebody, if somebody was like, here's the game for free, I would still have a hard time playing more than like an hour of it. Honestly. I you like throw too... Molotov cocktails at people? Not really. Like, I, I have, I have tons of other games that I want to fucking play. Um, and, and it's, and that's not one of them. And again, I, I was sitting there and I, I, I had an op- opportunity where I'm like, I could buy a new game, 
do I want to buy like AW Fight for the Fallen or do I want to pre-order Madden? And I was like, I'm going to pre-order Madden. (laughs) And I know that that's the same game of the one I already have, just with an updated roster. I know all that shit. Still still bought that instead of fucking buying Fight, uh, Fight Forever. By the way, cutting new, uh, cutting new gimmicks here in AEW from Booker of the Year. Um, Hangman Page likes to drink beer. Oh, yeah. He can't drink it from the crowd anymore, though. <laughs> no, nope, can't drink it in the hospital, apparently, either. No. You don't know who's actually like, outside, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so we're not only, now we're just recycling gimmicks from wrestlers from three years ago, so. And, and what was the main event of this? Uh, the main event of this week's episode was the Young Bucks versus the Gun Club. Oh, yeah. Why did that have any business being the main event? The Bang Bang Gang. <laughs> well, it was, either that or, it was either that or Britt Baker versus the Bunny. No, don't need to see that either. Um, Chainsaw Massacre match. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of it, but at least... The Orange Cassie match was a title match. Yep. <laughs> so I felt like that probably should have been on it. Instead, this is just a random-ass fucking tag team match. And, of course, it's with the group of people who constantly kill ratings, and it's the fucking Bucks. Yeah, well. And it was it was notoriously easy to see what was happening, because as soon as the match was over, the uh, rest of the gun club, or the bull club gold, Jay White and Rock Hard Juice Robinson come into the ring uh, and attack him. And of course, because they've got the big match at Wembley, FTR comes up and makes the save. Stay tuned for next week where it's FTR and the Bucks teaming up against Bullet Club Gold, I'm sure, because cutting edge new ideas, uh, guys who are facing, can they coexist? You know? This was another this was another example of Tony Khan not knowing how to actually start feuds because yeah. every single feud was just these guys run in. Yeah, that was it. So, so I was going to talk about this at the show. This seems like a good point to have this discussion, but I know how you feel about Bully Ray. Yeah, I heard him make a comment this week, and I actually said, wow, that's pretty fucking good and pretty insightful for Bully Ray. What Bully Ray said was, people call Tony Khan Booker of the Year. Tony Khan's not really a booker. Tony Khan is a matchmaker. Tony Khan takes matches, makes matches that he'd like to see and hopes that you want to see them too. But there's not storyline development. There's not... He doesn't book long-term angles, like the Bloodline, for example. Right. He makes matches. He's a matchmaker, and he's pretty good at that role. But let's call it what it is. He's not a booker. Right. And his AI bots, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the fact that he continues to talk about the fact that he he literally, like, gives, the, gives AI a couple of prompts and lets it write a show, and then he'll take that show, and he'll make little subtle tweaks to it. It's like... That's the guy that you continue to vote for as Booker of the Year. The guy who's not even booking the shows. He's literally having a computer do it. Yeah. But, it, look, I can... I don't like Jim Cornette, but sometimes he's right. And yeah. same thing with Bully Ray. Like, I don't like that fucking guy because he's a prick, but 
sometimes he's actually right, you know? And that would be a good case of it, is if you look at any of the storylines that happened on this, like I just said, the way that he set up all these matches for All In was just... All right, these guys come out here and they attack attack these other guys that they're gonna have a match with because we need to get to the match. Right. Like it's it's really putting the cart before the horse because he he constantly he constantly looks at the end game and goes, I want to have this match. How do I get to that point? And sometimes he doesn't even fucking bother with it. He just puts that my match on. Right. But most of the time, it's what you get is this, or you get a fucking promo where they get interrupted during the promo or something like that. There's not as much of the you know, of it being, this was a really good match, and because of what happened in the match, it's going to lead to something else. Nope, it's just, all right, well, these guys are on fucking ringside, so they're going to get involved. And right. then we're just going to have a match later on or whatever that, yeah. That kind of bullshit. Yeah. that That's the same That's the same problem with having these fucking eliminator matches and stuff like that, that you know who's going to win it is. They're just there to set up another match. And that's why you already know how they're fucking going to end. And every if we would have done predictions on Fight for the Fallen, most of the people would have got 100% right. Yeah. And we're going to eventually do we're going to do predictions next week for all in and it's going to be the same fucking thing. You're going to look at it and you're going to go there'll maybe one or two matches that skirt your you know the the popular opinion, but most of them are going to be all right, well, clearly this guy's going to win, clearly this guy's going to win, you know, that kind of thing. All right. Yep. Yeah. 100%. And uh, lastly, the thing that's been the most entertaining on AEW of late, Adam Cole and MJF. Even that got a little too over the top at this point now, the whole kangaroo kick and blah, blah, blah. I, I mean, it's okay. I still like, still chuckled a few times, but... It's starting to feel. I'm excited to see what they do with this at all, and I think I know where they're going with it. But we'll see. I think I laid it out last week, but we'll we'll see if it plays out the way I, I have it booked in my head. But I don't know. I, what's something that I really enjoyed the last couple of weeks? I was a little lukewarm on this week. And again, we can go back to um, a person's natural personality. Adam Cole is. A guy who likes to be a jokey wrestler. We saw that during a lot of his independent runs before he ever got to NXT. When he got to NXT, that's when they made him serious. Same thing with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn ran around as fucking El Generico and was doing fucking, you know, corny gimmick shit. They were the same person. That's true. And he goes to, to NXT and he becomes a serious wrestler. And same thing with the good cunts. They were, they are clearly guys who just love to make fucking dick and fart jokes. They were a serious tag team. They left. They went right back to that shit. Now they're back in. They're being serious again. Oh, uh, they were a serious tag team. They were making, you know, cut off your dick jokes against the new day. That was later on in their run. But to begin with, they weren't that way. To begin with, they were a legit tag team and a legit, you know, Adam Cole is that same way. Where now you have, yet again, a a head booker, who's just going, oh well, you like doing that stuff, so I guess we'll do it. And doesn't have the balls to be like, we're not going to have you do that shit. <laughs> we're going to make you serious, you know? And of course, and I'll fuck you to the internet, Tony Khan, book the segment in the Adam Cole skit where he calls them into his office and yells at them. Yep, of course. The guy who claimed he didn't want to be an on-screen character. Right. Is an on-screen character. Yeah. Again. Yeah. 
I guess uh, I guess we should be happy that we haven't had Tony Khan make some big announcement for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's yeah, true. true. We've also had 175 straight days where AEW has failed to make one million viewers. So there's that. He also has no uh, no matches booked except for. Actually, it's not true. He has Darby Allen versus. Uh, uh, Christian Luchasaurus book for all out, but that's it. Yeah, the, the literally the fucking event after this one, a week, a week after, after it, fifty dollars. So a week later. So right now, uh, let me check here. So A to B all in, which is eight days away, nine days away for watching this this right now, and they have eight matches booked for that. That makes sense. None of them are particularly exciting, really. No. Even no, AEW I mean, fans largely are like, this is a pretty underwhelming card for what we thought was going to be. Like, this is right. this is your this moment. Is this is your 80,000 fans in the stadium, whether they paid for the tickets or not, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Visually, this is your moment. You do not have that big signature match on this show. You do not have, you know, Kenny Omega versus CM Punk, you, which, you know, that's not necessarily their fault, but... You don't yeah. have Kenny Omega versus Real Ospreay in the finish of that trilogy. And yes, I know some people say, well, that's a New Japan storyline. Why would you blow it off at an AEW show? Fair, but still, you could. You've got enough impact with that with that group that you could pull it off. Um, but there are a million things you could do. What you don't need to do is stick Kenny Omega and meet him in a six-man tag. Right. So you have, so you have eight matches which we're going to build more towards next week. You literally then have three shows. You have Dynamite, Rampage, and Collison to book an entire card for another pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> for All Out. So it's going to be mostly rematches. It's going to be either mostly rematches or or Just that Dynamite is going to have a, Yeah, that Dynamite is going to have a ton of run-ins. Yeah. Stupid. Won't be good no matter what. Yeah. No, it won't be. I mean, there's a good chance, and, and again, we'll talk about it next week. But you have MJF versus Adam Cole, which is a, uh, an entertaining match. But the problem is, because earlier in the night you're going to have them as a tag team, you haven't been building this match between these two because you've been having them be friends and buddies this entire time. Right. So you haven't been having them jarring with each other or anything like that. So you've completely thrown the build out for that. For they did a little bit kind of, this week, but a little bit, but not much. You just said it. Will Ospreay and Chris Jericho just had a fucking interaction. So we're really going. We're going to have this match be something that has two weeks of build. You have. Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Page against fucking Bullet Club Gold and, and take a shit. Who gives a shit? <laughs> you, they're trying to claim that Swerve and Air Fox are like so fucking happy because they get to take on Sting in a fucking tag team coffin match. Who gives a shit? We know who's winning that. It ain't gonna be fucking Mogul Embassy. That's not fucking happening. And then, of course, we have the Fatal 4-Way for the Women's Championship, which you look at it and you go, Hakura Shida is going to lose this belt. I have a hard time I have a hard time seeing her walk out of this with the belt, meaning that she literally had the belt for, what, three weeks? Yeah. Yeah. And I can and say it, right now, she'll lose it to Soraya, and yep. then we'll have a thing with Soraya and Tony Storm. Yeah. 
That's it. So. Yeah, yeah. And FTR versus the Young Bucks will probably be a good match. Yeah. Um, it's for the for the AEW Tag Team Championships. We have sort of told that story before that FTR loves to lose to the Bucks. They were brought in specifically so that the Bucks could be like we're the best. So there, this is the match that I look at and go. There's going to be some people who are going to pick the Bucks. There's going to be some people that pick pick FTR. You can make a case for either one, and I and that is how a card is supposed to be built. The problem is, is that it seems to be the only car, only match on the card that has that. All the rest of them are foregone conclusions. Exactly. So. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. So yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about? I do not. But next week we will be back. We will have all-in predictions, as you mentioned. So mm-hmm. they will have the go-home episodes of AEW as we head into their biggest event of the year, and we'll have the biggest event in their history, really. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens there. Um, you've made mention, and I think it bears repeating, as they continue to talk about the largest ticket sales of any event in a lot of them, comparing themselves to certain events. Mm-hmm. Because they're giving away very cheap tickets too. So they they're not even they're not even close to to largest gate because because of that very reason because they're giving away that tickets because they're selling tickets for less. And pretty much the last like five WrestleManias have have already far surpassed and and they're not going to come anywhere close to those. Right. And, I, and yes, I am including adding both nights. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be sitting there and saying, oh, well, the last WrestleMania had 101,000 people because I was split between two nights and a lot of those people were repeat customers. Right. I understand that stuff. Them claiming that they're going to have all these people come through through the gate, you can sit there and you can try to give away these tickets. There's no guarantee those people are showing up. Right. So is it going to look very populated? Yes. Is there going to be a lot of people there? Yes. Is there going to be 80,000 people there? No. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. It, they find seat fillers. So. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure there will be a lot of production people that are sitting in that crowd. Yeah, probably. Could very well be. Fine. And that's fine because it's optics. The problem is... And this is the, this is what's great about AEW. This is a great accomplishment for them. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, their fans, their, their paid shills in the, the IWC media... Can't stop comparing them to WWE. Right. Like, just let this moment stand on its own. Stop making the compare. Let other people make those comparisons for you. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, is that we keep trying. We we're not just going. Hey, we sold eighty thousand tickets. That's fucking amazing. We're going. We're closing in on the record. Right. Like, no, you're fucking not. <laughs> And that's the problem is like you're you're trying to put it as like oh we we beat WCW when they had their whole fucking their big big short of like that and and we're we're beating these guys up it's like but you're not making money right. whereas we have seen WWE is making two hundred and fifty billion dollars a year right. and stuff like that in revenue right. and you have your fucking AI generated owner going. We haven't been in the black yet. Right. We haven't made back the initial hundred million dollars that I put down to start this company. Right. But you're you're still sitting there and boasting the fact that you're selling all these tickets. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, and it's like that's all fine that you're and 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 it's cool that you that you're selling all these tickets over like that. Again, we talked about it before. You're 
looking at a specific audience that doesn't get wrestling shows ever. So, of course, when they get an opportunity for a wrestling show, they're going to buy tickets. And if WWE did Clash of the Castle in Wembley, they would have sold more tickets than AEW did. They would have had a larger gate than that. The problem was, is that we said, Cardiff gave them more money, and that's why they went there, and they had a smaller venue. They if sold they, it out. If they booked Wembley for WrestleMania next year, mm-hmm. how long do you think it takes them to not only sell more tickets, but how long do you think it takes them to sell out the building? Oh, probably 25 minutes. Right. And that's sort of the point. Like, Yeah. You know, don't make don't WWE make show you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Don't poke the bear. And it, to me, I keep I keep hoping that they do. Yeah. I keep hoping that WWE just goes, you know what? I'm so fucking sick of this. Let's do this. Let's blow them the fuck out of the water. Okay. And you literally have, again, if if they would do a show in like India or whatever like that, they would sell a lot of tickets. And you literally have fucking Dave Meltzer again with his Zionist bullshit being like, I don't think India is a good good place to go for it. It's like, why is that, Dave? <laughs> but again, I digress. It is it it is that case where you're like, just shut the fuck up and enjoy it. But the problem is, is this is one show, and and you continue to bitch about the fact that WWE does these Saudi Arabia shows where they make fifty million dollars. You're doing the exact same thing. You're doing right. one show outside of it, and all of your shows in the U.S. are losing money right. because you literally can't fill fucking seats. You are tarping off 75% of stadium capacity, and you still can't fill the 25% that you've left there. Yep. But but keep boasting about the fact that you sold all these tickets. Meanwhile, WWE literally had like eight straight Raws that were sold out. Right. Not even sold out in terms of like these these are the only tickets we're supplying. Literally every fucking seat was sold that they offered. That is something to be proud about. Yeah. Not turning around and being like, "Hey, we got three thousand people in a fucking nineteen thousand seat arena, and look how great we are." Like, no, yeah. no. And then they'll sit there and they'll fucking try to claim like, "Oh, that's the hard cam side. Nobody sits over there." I've watched a lot of a lot of WWE shows, and they used to show that the the hard cam side all the time, and there was plenty of people over there. Yep, still do. Yep, they blocked one section, not each section to the left and the right of it, the entire side of the arena. Exactly. Yeah. So, is there sometimes that the upper decks aren't filled? Sure. Sure. But there's a lot of people all around the fucking ring down the bottom, and because of the fact. The way WWE shoots their their shows is they do show that side a lot. They show the wrestlers walking around those fucking sides of the ring and stuff like that. And there was literally the most recent AW show. If they would have shown any wrestler walk over to the other side of the ring, nobody would have been there to slap their hands. Yeah. There's like six people in that fucking thing. Like that thing. Alright. Nobody's gonna be able to take this from me this time. So why don't you quickly say something? Uh, I guess I'll be in